0: We're back. Welcome to so Dish Salem Style. I am your host, Michael the Maverick, and I have my three musketeers with me. It's me, Tony, and Dylan. Say hi, everyone. Hey.
1: Hello,
0: how are you? Aria called in and said she couldn't be with us this morning, so we're gonna have to do it without her. We miss her so much. And y'all, grandpa done had a fall at the home. We have read it off this church sick and shut-ins list. And you know, at his age, you break something. Well, so let's lift him up in prayer, shall we?
2: Nigga's going kill He's going to get you.
0: <laughs> I told y'all, I'm not taking his foot, I mean my foot off of his neck. Anyways, now it is time for the same spectator special report. Sponsored by Jennifer Rose, Horton Devereaux, heading clans virgin. Head it, Tony.
1: All right. Well, it was a bit of a slow news week in Salem, but we do have a little bit of personal news to report. Our very own Nick was published in the latest Soap Opera Digest. Check out the he, got he so gave.
0: excited he failed.
1: <laughs> Check out the <laughs> praise he gave the Carver Price Grant family as well as his hopes for the future in the sound off section of the latest issue. Congrats, Nick! We're proud of you.
0: Yeah. Lord, he done broke his hip. He can't gyrate no more. Which is. <laughs> it's sad congratulations to him though (laughs) beautiful girl
1: he didn't even tell us that he submitted all it had to be like somebody all it said it to the group chat it was like somebody got published in soap opera digest and it wasn't me and i was like well then who and then i thought i was like that is so cool
0: okay oh well I, i didn't read all of it and it's not me being spiteful it's just the fact that he wrote a whole novel and I didn't have my reading glasses on. So I'll go back and read it, but damn, he wrote a lot. Congratulations to him though. That's very cool. I posted like, it on the podcast
1: Twitter if you want to go check it out.
0: I shall. But he it's like I can't read small reading like that. That's why I really have a hard time reading these fucking outlines for the podcast.
1: Well, why did you but tell me that I can always make the print larger?
0: Because they make me sound old and this ain't Nick. <laughs>
3: That's me, though. I always have to like magnify things. I don't <laughs> like I was cool and then forty hit, and all of the and it's like the type everything just shrunk, and I don't like having to go up because like <laughs> like like Michael said, that makes you feel like you're old, but
1: <laughs> go exit out exit out of the outline and go back in, Michael. Mm-hmm.
0: damn we talk a lot i gotta go all the way back up
1: (laughs) do you need me to resend it
0: i I got it okay now that's a lot better it looked like the jumbo version of the bible but
1: (laughs) (laughs) well i well now i know to make it larger print when i make it see these are things you have to tell me i can't fix problems i don't know exist
0: Uh, this is true but now i feel like an old bastard But anyways, let's get on with the show, shall we, now that we've gotten that problem out the way. Shall we go on to the weekly recap? Let's go. First thing first, Chad calls to see Kristen before she leaves. He stupidly leaves his phone behind when he goes to get her food. And when she calls Gwen and able to force them into helping her, they come up with a plan to threaten God transferring her to prison. And we finally see A.J. from BSV we did not Backstreet Boys. Of a role
1: well we knew it was coming for weeks so it was well for months because we knew about this from july so it was nice to finally see him
0: yeah yeah but they made it seem like he was gonna have like a speaking role
3: he did he, he had, had a couple lines <laughs> but, i mean it was it it was one of those it was one of those things though that like if you didn't know who he was it wouldn't you not know who he was yeah, yeah cuz my mom it
1: took it took her her a second cuz i saw the hat and i saw the, it wasn't until i saw the tattoos on him that i was like oh there's aj but i actually enjoyed gwen and ava working together
3: what did y'all think i did too i uh i will say, <laughs> i will say this like i i love how much chad loves his sister despite the things that she does i just wish That he'd realize loving her and giving her the benefit of the doubt are two different things. Yeah, because he gets the Idiot of the Day award for leaving his phone behind. (laughs) Because it's like, (laughs) he should have known better. It's like, he truly believes in the good that he thinks is there. So he's always going to extend her grace. But it's like, at a certain point, my dude, people are who they are.
0: I'm gonna keep my mouth closed this (laughs) one.
1: But I will say also too, I love the fact that what um what Ava did the first time in helping her escape came back around and she was able to use that to blackmail Ava into helping her. Oh yeah. No
3: good deed goes unpunished. And I kind of like the whole Gwen Ava dynamic because these are two characters that are not going to have a lot of options for like friends and connections not just because of their shady past, but because of the stuff that's kind of hanging over both of their heads that they've done that we know eventually is gonna come out. Yeah, and Kristen brought them together and they worked
1: together. Because honestly, Gwen has never been in a dynamic where she wasn't the lead of the scene. Like when when Gwen was always in her scheming mode and like she was winning, Like, Gwen was the one in charge. Gwen was the one in power. We've never had to see Gwen in a subservient role to somebody else. Oh, yeah. And because Ava took charge in those scenes. Because, like, she's like, what are your skills? And, you know, yeah, you know, she's like well I was a, <laughs> I, I, I was a damn good nanny she's like that's not what I mean and then then she goes into a laundry list of stuff that she did to Abigail and she's like yeah that, that's impressive but not really gonna help us here
3: like this was it's honestly for me the most entertaining that they've let Ava be in a long time since she came to town to, and
1: was because she had a she had this similar dynamic with Philip too Like when they let Ava take control of a situation and like be the Ava Vitale that she's supposed to be
3: before they neutered her to put her with Rafe. It works. Yeah, I need them to keep her like this. Like they don't need to take her completely around the bend like they did the last time. But I There's a happy medium. Yeah, I like her like
0: this. It's always going to be fuck Gwen bounce check. But I, I, I like her in this element. I, her and Ava steaming together is very really pleasing to me. Um, and I didn't
1: it, think it would be when I heard the spoilers.
0: Yeah, I thought it was going to be s- stupid. Oh. This is where they need to keep Ava except they just need to get her a new man because Rafe's trash. But if once they find her a good man and just have her always scheming to look good, that would be the perfect element for her to be in. Yeah, um,
3: I, I like this for her.
0: Yeah, yes, this is very pleasing.
3: And this puts
1: the EJ Ava scenes that we've been talking about for the last few months into context because EJ knows that she helped Kristen and EJ is going to confront her about it next week or the week after, I
3: think those should be fun I am um, yeah forward to that
0: me too well let's move on shall we Xander comes to see Susan to thank her for telling him about Sarah Sarah said I don't know what the hell you talking about and then tells him that Kristen was pretending to be her all those months ago he goes to confront Kristen who admits to making the call but nothing else
1: I literally forgot that Kristen pretended to be Susan to get him to the pub until he showed up in Susan's room and was like, I want to thank you. So and did I. She, and I, like, I had, I was like, "What is he say? Like, what is he thanking her for? And then it clicked and I was like, oh my God, I completely forgot about that. I love the way that things from months ago that didn't seem like they were that important, that kind of seemed like throwaway things at the time are coming back around in a really big way like things are threading together and I love that
3: yeah the way the way Xander finally caught a clue was really really well done and it makes you kind of excited and interested in Rex finally now that whole thing of Rex coming back to town where we were all like for why now it makes it makes sense yeah
1: between everything happening with Philip and everything happening you know With Xander starting to question things, it makes a lot more sense because I honestly thought Rex was going to be the thing to make him question it. But now he's already asking questions because of the Kristen of it all. Which honestly, and I think I said this last week, so if I did, I'm going to end up repeating myself. It always kind of bothered me that he never really looked deeper into it because, like, not long after Sarah left him, Kristen was running around with Kate's face and he knew that and he saw her. So, given how out of character Sarah was acting and knowing that Kristen was running around with masks, I don't understand how to, he did not come up with two plus two equals four in this situation.
0: So, I'm Yo, hoping that y'all went out. <laughs>
3: but you know what it's so funny because it's like yeah but then again there's always this undercurrent with Xander of he's he's not unintelligent but he misses the forest for the trees a lot of the time because even in like his scenes with susan she was like you poor sweet summer when susan is (laughs) (laughs)
0: No, I
1: already <laughs> told you that, baby. <laughs> okay, can we talk about the way she described Chloe?
2: <laughs> uh, big
3: cheeky fool. <laughs> Listen, whatever they had Susan on, she was on the good stuff and she was just letting it
0: go. I'm, I'm still hollering, I
3: already told you that,
0: baby. <laughs> she, if you, you got can. Susan Banks calling you a dumbass.
3: You're <laughs> Right? And she and she said it in the nicest way possible. <laughs> yeah,
0: but but she does something. She said it like a like mother.
3: Yeah,
1: Susan is Susan is the human embodiment of bless his heart. Honestly,
0: <laughs> but um,
3: she was in there like, well, it's a good thing you're pretty, sweetheart. <laughs> but again,
0: this. I feel like this better be the catalyst for this city treating. Susan better than how they've been treating her the past few years. Yeah, uh, correct
1: me if I'm wrong. Did the when did the Xander Susan stuff air? That was what Monday,
0: Tuesday. Tuesday. No, Tuesday she, was it? Either Tuesday or Wednesday.
1: Okay, so no, it wasn't Thursday because I thought maybe it was Thursday and that might have been a Jamie touch. I'm really interested to see what um, when she airs on a when she airs on a Jamie script day. Or Jamie breakdown day, I should say, to see if it, it changes how um, how people interact with her. But I will, I will say, I um, I loved kudos again to Stacey Hyduke because we've seen the Xander Kristen dynamic and how how contentious and different that, like that always is. There was none of that there with Susan
3: and Xander at all. Yeah. It was totally different. It was very soft and very sweet.
0: Yes, it was. Um, where do you think, well, I know we talked about this on the last story, but I, I have a question to ask. Where do you think that Kristen went?
1: Um, I know what I wish, Um, but she probably, I'm going to guess, went to the island where she's got Sarah. Yeah, that would be my guess. Hmm. I did post a theory, um, which I was going to bring up later
0: when we go ahead. ahead. Oh, well, I asked because I had a theory, but it may be a little redundant, but then again, it's Ron. I was thinking she was going to switch places with Susan in the hospital.
1: Mm, I don't think so. Which would
0: eventually lead EJ to the island get Susan whereas they find Sarah as well there's
1: so many people around Susan because I think like EJ's not leaving her side and then I think they may even have like a police guard on her or something to keep her safe after everything that happened with Mar Devil I don't think Kristen would make that switch in the hospital with all these people I think she ran what I wanted to have happen is to have her be the one that disappeared, Philip, and is framing Brady.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Philip's hands are dirty on this. one, I'm sorry.
1: No. I. You know. I get it. That's what I wanted. I. I still. Um. I. I post. Well, when we get to the Philip stuff later, uh, I'll go more in depth. But I do think there's a different theory that could explain what's going on with Philip, but but I'll explain more when we get to that particular story. But yeah, I loved seeing Xander get a clue. Um, And I do hope that like when the full picture is revealed, then he realizes that that wasn't actually Sarah that dumped him that day, that he says something like, God, I was an idiot. I worked with Kristen when she wears all of these masks and it never even dawned on me that that wasn't Sarah and it should have because if anybody were to figure it out it would be Xander because Xander had up close and personal knowledge of Kristen when she was walking around as Nicole and he saw her again
3: in cake face yeah so well
0: he, I, I am personally waiting for him to find out that Gwen knew the whole time.
3: yeah that's gonna be oh that's
1: gonna be ugly it and really then, is and then No, knowing that he saw because like when came down to the police station while he was talking to Kristen and she covered at the time. But he's going to think back on that and realize that he she knew even then and was working with Kristen to keep the secret. He's
3: going to go nuclear. He's going to feel like such a fool because he has been writing
0: so hard for her. I'm really hoping that Jamie writes that script that day. Mainly because I feel like he would connect all the little ties within that rage. I mean, not only did he know she know the whereabouts of Sarah, Xander vouched for Gwen to Maggie. So not only did he keep Sarah unsafe, that like she kept Sarah in the predicament that she's in, but she also lied to him, kept Maggie's daughter in danger. While he was backing her up and basically, you know, putting his reputation with Maggie on the line.
3: Sending Maggie to Jack to plead her case. Which
0: we haven't seen yet, but I'm sure it's coming. At that point, I'm sure Maggie isn't going to be as forgiving to Xander after that. So not only did he ruin, but not only did Gwen ruin... The relationship between Xander and Sarah and what it could have been because honestly if Gwen had messed up Sarah would have been home by now
3: yeah yeah
0: and he she also ruined the relationship between Xander and Maggie because I really don't think that Maggie's gonna let this go lightly. this is
1: gonna be a mess well it, it's gonna be a mess but also too in this particular instance, Xander's the one who was lied to by Gwen, so I don't think Maggie's going to be mad at Xander only because Xander didn't knowingly have Maggie go to bat for her, knowing she was lying.
0: There's still going to be some kind of rift, though. Is what I'm I saying. mean. It
1: it's gonna it's gonna be like I can't I can't believe I think they're both going to be pissed, and like she's going to be there for him, and it's going to be like I can't believe I had you stand up for her, and she was lying to my face the entire time. I feel like an idiot I think he's gonna beat himself up enough that she's not gonna have
3: to Hmm.
0: I could I could appreciate that angle as well just a theory
3: and he's gonna feel so betrayed because the one thing with Gwen and Xander from the very beginning is they've been their worst selves with each other and it's been okay exactly because they've been nothing but honest with each other like they've lied to everyone else but they've been they've never lied to each other honest with each other
1: and he's proven over and over and over again what he's willing to do to support her i mean he sacrificed his friendship with jack in order to keep her secret he buried a dead body for her
3: he was he was willing to risk his freedom for her
1: exactly and and all he ever asked of her in return was complete and total honesty. And the one time she could really prove that she trusted him completely and totally and trusted in the connection that they built, she couldn't do it. And she chose to be selfish and keep Xander.
0: She can like can everything. And I love that <laughs> for me.
1: Yeah. Th- th- like this, this is almost going to be a bigger L than what, than when the truth with Abby And everything came out because she had to lose everything. I've said this before. She had to lose Jack. She had to, you know, that whole truth had to come out in order to put her in the desperate place in order to do this. So she had to be be in a place to do this to Xander. So again, another example of how one story is immediately affecting another one. Things are threading together in a really interesting way that I didn't necessarily see coming originally.
0: And, And you know what I like about it? It's not all possession 24-7. This has nothing to fucking do with possession. And hell is still breaking loose. That is how you write a soap. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, let's move on to the next topic, shall we? After spending the night at Susan's bedside, EJ has a moment of vulnerability with Nicole. He realizes how awful he's been to his mother and the part he played in the destruction of his marriage. He also tells Nicole how he wanted to die, but Sammy wouldn't let him, and he resented her for it, but now he's grateful and wishes he could tell her. Okay, I'm gonna say this. I, Michael the Maverick, also known as Clone Michael, AKA Molly. (laughs) 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 I'm sorry y'all, I hopped into a guide on light YouTube binge after learning some interesting things about Reba and Josh, and, <laughs> but I am really enjoying Nicole and EJ, J- just a little bit.
1: Just okay, that's a huge statement coming from you, right? Because you, you are probably the biggest Eric Hall Stan that I've ever met. Um, So for you to be enjoying Another Nicole pairing says a lot.
0: See, it's hard because at the end of the day, I'm a Nicole fan to my core. So, it, he's the lesser evil, but he's winning the race. If that makes sense.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. And he's I'm
0: gonna—he's doing a hell of a job campaigning right now.
1: And I'm gonna say it. These scenes—I think they aired on. I want to say Monday or Tuesday. I think they were Monday. Um, These scenes should be Dan's Emmy reel for next year because they were so good. They solidified him as EJ for me. He is my EJ now. Like he is completely and totally EJ for me. Like I did not see the whole correlation to I wanted to die and I hated that Sammy kept fighting for me so I lashed out at her and wanted to make her as miserable as I felt.
0: Well, if it like, makes him feel any better, we were comfortable with him dying. And, weirdly I, enough. We, I, we were. Don't say we weren't. At that point, all a little salty when he came back.
1: Because at that point, we were all like, because he was mummy EJ for so long, we were all at this point like, either shit or get off the pot, we either kill him or bring him back. Yeah, and, he
0: was beef jerky for like three years. <laughs> Beef
1: jerky. So, but thankfully, I'm so glad they waited to recast EJ because it allowed them to find Dan. And honestly, Dan is perfect in this role for me.
3: Yeah, these were so good. Like seeing him crack a little bit and let his guard down and be open was just really, really like seeing him adding layers to EJ is really nice because he's like we never saw instantly he fit into the Demira mode we saw that he fit into like the scheming smug jerk mode but now we're getting like those other pieces of ej that we but
1: i'll be honest that james scott never brought
0: well, uh, oh, oh i wouldn't hey, say hey. that uh, uh, what is your at dear? Don't bring it over <laughs> to me over with me.
3: I would not say me. that. Like go look at any scene he ever did with Lexi. Oh, that's
0: mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Yeah. But this is a testament of how good of an actor this man is. Because when I got word that EJ and Nicole were going to be doing this, my first thing was that I wanted to do was drive off a clip and yell, I'm coming, bud. But <laughs> oh yeah he he he! about quit the
1: podcast when he found out this was coming
0: but i i am amused i'm enjoying it now if they want to bring back the elements of 10 years ago that that's when they lose me but I, I would not mind this becoming an icon of triangle between ej eric and nicole
1: okay i don't trust ron to do triangles yeah, he doesn't, mm, mm, that's not his thing. Yeah, and yeah. They, they already don't write Eric well to begin with because they, no regime has really been invested in him. And Ron just chose really not to make him the focal point of any story ever. Um,
0: well, I'm just saying, I mean, Mark Lawson is right there. He no, was in I, the Twitter I, feed saying he won't pay a job.
1: I, no, I completely get you and I completely 100% support that. My thing is, if we do the triangle story, Eric is the one that's going to get shit on, and that is not something I want to see.
0: Well, well, true, but it will also be a decent element because I see Nicole as, "Don't shoot me, don't shoot me," as Marlena or Hope will bite. If that makes sense, she I has been formed. She has formed into this heroine who is a good mother who has a career that she enjoys, but is also I ain't always been this godly. <laughs> no, you know I, I mean, I, I, that's Kim for me. Oh, that is, that is, oh, Nicole. That makes a lot of sense of why I stand Nicole now that I think about it. <laughs>
3: yeah, I oh, mean,
0: wow. that's one of the
3: reasons I wanted them to really play up the Horton Center because with her past, Nicole really could have been this generation's Kim working in the Horton Center, helping people who have abusive past and traumatic past because she's been there, she's lived through that. She's you know come out the other side now. And she
0: was really in her element at the Horden Center as well. Yeah. Her and Eric they should have kept that and made yep. they could have built the Horden center into something much like well they don't, don't use that much <laughs> on Y and R, but you know the foundation they started for Neil, you know what I mean?
3: Yeah like um, nicole really really could have been our generation's kim it was like right there
0: because i i like how they have nicole now because they've given her i, I wouldn't say a happy ending because it divorced but they gave her that foundation to know that she could be a heroine she can be a good person and that's something gave, nicole always they, needed they
1: gave her the sense of belonging she always was looking for it may not be exactly as she pictured it but she's not questioning her worth anymore or questioning if she belongs in salem
0: she knows her quite honestly even with eric divorced the bradys have really well except for roman lately but (laughs) the bradys have really been on her side as for Nicole and Holly, because I think a lot of them get it. A lot of them understand, Yeah, a lot of them have cheated. But (laughs) um, yeah, so I really like this. Nicole is very, don't let the smooth taste fool you now. And I like that. And I really feel like it's really played a part in me liking her and EJ now, because I don't see her becoming emotionally broken down by that anymore i think she knows now that she can stand on her own two feet man or not and and we're still gonna get to
1: see that bite from her because next week she's gonna be doing a knock she's gonna be having a knockdown drag out fight with sammy in her bedroom as written by jamie gibbons he got the breakdown for that script so whenever their fight airs that's a jamie script
0: oh yeah that's gonna be great oh uh, but i'm sorry i was gushing about nicole but but that-
1: fine listen it's it's nice to have good things to say about non-possession stuff
0: and that was my biggest worry about the possession of how it was going to be swallowed up by everything because it did it in the 90s god bless james e riley but it literally became they literally cut off the triangle with lexi jonah and abe for the possession and they never picked it up again they
1: straight it, they straight up disappeared for months they would air like once once a week and my god jonah never recovered because it's literally like and, from that and point every
0: time it was a new window
1: and every time <laughs> they would air every time they would air it's like oh they remembered they exist how nice yeah and
0: it sucks because lord knows i love lexi and Abe, but lexi and jonah were pure heat
1: oh those fantasies oh, were fire they
0: were yeah. great Especially when she he was helping her learn for the MCAT, oh, yes, yeah, but anyways, let's move on to the next story. Justice for Nicole. But... <laughs> and
3: also i I just want to say it. I'm just gonna say it. i when Dan's casting was announced, I told y'all if you gave Spartacus Bay a chance, you were gonna love him
0: but see it y'all worries. didn't believe me it oh, no, I you. Believed you
3: i, I <laughs> believed you let, 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 let,
1: let's lay the blame where it belongs i love you michael but you were the one holding out and fighting us on it but i believe uh, you
0: because we had to deal with beef jerky for three years <laughs> and i was content with that yeah you don't do change well
3: <laughs> like i i knew that if people just gave him a chance that they would love him and it's it's so nice to see people coming around and enjoying what he's bringing to EJ
0: but see it Uh, bothers me a little bit mainly because he's so damn good and in this genre when they're that good it's only a matter of time we're always waiting for the the other shoe to drop no Dan's happy them getting another show or like would Jacqueline come and get this wood (laughs) It, All her husband have to do is snap her fingers and she's gonna become a family woman and we'll never see Steph again. And Brad Bell will probably have a stroke. So it, <laughs> I get
1: the worry, but I really don't think you have to worry about that with Dan. He's honestly so happy at Days and just so grateful to be there that nobody at Days is really like, honestly, and you, you can kind of see it in the way the cast vibes together nobody's really looking like
0: for another job while
1: they're at dates
0: here's the thing though a lot of them are either older married and have kids or young single and don't have any or young and freshly married it would not surprise me if carson boatman got his wife pregnant and he just decided to become a family man because he's just that damn you know what i mean it's always a waiting for the other shoe to drop with a lot of the younger talent and soaps because I can't remember who which one of those soap legends was telling the young people on her show get out while y'all can. And, uh, <laughs> um,
1: Nancy, Nancy Grand said it to um, I think to both uh, Haley and Lexi.
0: Hell I think it was damn
1: Reba Shane telling also, <laughs> um to go ahead also- and move the, the other pasture. I think it was also Jeannie Francis said it, too, See, to somebody. All these I old was, people,
0: all these old legends are telling the young people to stay away so they can get more story time. <laughs>
1: <It> was, <laughs> I was listening to a podcast and I can't remember
0: I who think it, it was.
3: I think a lot of that is just like because of the way soaps are viewed. If you kind of get pigeonholed as a quote unquote soap actor it used to be a lot harder to get out of that mold and get other projects
0: yeah
3: oh michael it was e. christy knight, clark like who a, said it
1: genie told her that when she was diana on days in the 80s sorry it took me a second to figure it out continue
0: But like it's a little say,
1: easier now
0: but yeah, i mean dylan I makes it. a point look at michael e knight that's how we ended up with ted or
2: <sighs> but
0: anyways <laughs> shall we move on Yes, let's. Sammy, meanwhile, has knocked out her guard and attempts to escape. There's a second door that she can't escape from but so she uses the burner phone to call Allie, who was with Lucas at the time. Together, they managed to get her location and Lucas is off to the rescue. I, I love need, these
3: scenes so much. I,
0: I need more Lumi and Allie. Yeah, I, they were yes. so good. I love that dynamic. The dynamic like, was very well, especially where Allie was on the phone, and uh, was like, Allie, I'm in big trouble. And Allie goes. What'd you but- do? <laughs> and Lucas looks up like, oh God, what did her mother do? <laughs>
1: and then she's like, no, no, I've been kidnapped. She's like, oh my God, we should have been looking for you. I'm so sorry. But the minute, the minute Allie said, mom's been kidnapped, Lucas snatched that phone so fast. <laughs> also, thank you days. Thank you days. Thank you days for remembering that it's 2021.
3: Oh like yeah, li- like the maps and all. Yes.
1: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because soaps like to think that it's still 1966 and it's not.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, we <I'm>
1: had. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm sorry, but we had Sonny living in a Po dump town. For a fucking year, and he didn't bother to Google himself to figure out who the hell he was. Right. He could have taken a picture of himself, reversed image search, and figured out who the hell he was. But no, we had to pretend like it was the 1960s and such technology did not
0: exist. Leave Nixon Falls alone.
1: (laughs) I will do no such thing. I said what I said and what about (laughs) such
0: a (laughs) hater, bro. Such a hate.
3: And the point is. (laughs) Poor Sammy. She they. This is going through it. My
2: favorite
0: thing too is like she knocked him out again. I know, right? Hold on one second for me. Okay, you were saying. (laughs) But uh, I love
3: that though. I love Uh, that even though it's been months, she has not given up. Nope, she is still as scrappy and resourceful as ever. It's like if you no know one's coming for me, then I'm gonna do what I need to do.
0: I really liked it because it really just showed. It was like that's John and Roman's daughter.
3: That's the Brady yep. there,
0: yeah,
2: the,
1: but, the Brady fighting spirit was strong, and I love the fact she's like,
3: "What other phone numbers do I know?" Because <laughs> <laughs> well, let's be honest, a lot of us would be out of luck if we <laughs> if we had to remember phone numbers because i i have a very limited amount of like i have a bunch of contacts in my phone but like numbers that i know by heart is very few and far between yeah and
1: like it's such a mom thing but like she has her kids numbers memorized yeah
3: and also I, like days probably more so then other soaps gets criticized a lot for the women always needing to be rescued. And I I don't feel like that's a fair criticism, first of all. At all. Our women are badasses. Thank you.
1: And, and I'm about to show that in the video coming later this week.
3: <laughs> and I just, I love that they didn't have Sammy in there just boo You know what I mean? No, she's been fighting she's and always- has been fighting every day for the last
1: three months because yes, her, her actor who all who was also named jason which made me laugh because the person who had sierra um in the glass box was named jason Rhodes. so apparently like I, they just love the name jason for kidnappers but he was like you have you have been asking questions since you got here you've been trying to be let go since you got here and it's just not gonna work and so she was like fine you're not going to tell me anything I'm just going to knock you the fuck out and do this myself and she went to town with that (laughs) trail
2: she
1: did (laughs) she's like I'm sorry but I've been like this since I was a kid my food's not allowed to touch and he you know he completely bought it because like people are weird like that and then (laughs) she's she just grabbed the tray and just went boom and down he went but oh my god I was so anxious too when she was trying to open like because first the damn doorknob of that second door broke off and then she gets the doorknob back on and then she finds the key but the door wore open I felt so much anxiety in that scene I was like oh my god I can't breathe Like, you're really like what kind of shack is she in? I mean, they rides. repurpose the Horton they repurpose the Horton cabin set in order for like that's where she is right now. She's not on the Horton cabin. Oh, okay. Cabin, I was have
0: to say, uh, but they <laughs>
1: repurposed that set in order to make this little kidnapping place. I am just like I cannot figure out
3: who has her because I don't
1: because I don't think it's EJ. The scenes last week convinced yeah. me it's not EJ. I I can very pettily and happily report that it is damn sure not lucas because he found out where she was and took off like a shot to go find her
3: like the only other guess i have is kristen and i don't feel like that's
1: right Uh, kristen is my guess too only because sammy has been texting in the same way that sarah has been texting
3: right and that's but i also and so like that's the only other guess i have but i'm just not Even completely
0: convinced, I'm confused as to why. If it was Krista,
1: right? Like, because Sammy wouldn't help her. Because Sammy, because she was trying to get Sammy to help her run the last time when she was, you know, when she was running around, and Sammy wouldn't do it. And so she told EJ the truth about Lucas and Sammy to get back at her, but that could have only been part one of the plan to get her in a vulnerable enough position to, um, to take her and remember EJ and Kristen spent the entire episode that Sammy was taken on the phone with each other.
2: Oh
3: it's mm. I'm I'm really curious to see how this plays and how we find out who it is and why she was taken.
1: Well Sammy's got ideas of her own because she's she's got had nothing but time these last few months and she does she has been formulating a list.
3: It's gonna be a long list. (laughs) Probably. (laughs)
0: Well, let's move on, shall we? The town is slowly starting to find out about Marlena's possession. Allie told Lucas, Belle told Brady, who told Maggie, who told Victor, and who begat Abraham and forgot. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, how do we feel about how it's coming out this time versus last time?
1: I know Ari, is not here, but I know she mentioned in the group chat that she's a little underwhelmed by the fact that everybody's just kind of like, oh, by the way, Marlena's possessed again.
0: But it's but, better than it was last time because people are finding out literally during the possession. The first time everyone found out literally when Marlena quote unquote died. Yeah, it was it was, after because it was the over. The first one, only immediate family. And it wasn't even all of the immediate family. It was John. It was Marlena. It, it was, was John. Was,
1: it, was, it was John, Kristen. Caroline. It was Carrie, Austin, Kristen, and Mike. Yeah. That's
0: it. That's all. So now the whole town knows. So it's very interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, it even shows how little everyone knows because everyone they've been asking, like, "Well, where were you during the possession? How did you feel during this time?" Either everyone was out of town, or was children, or only knew vague. I presume dead. <laughs> I
1: mean, Sean was in the church when Marlena came back to life he was sitting in the front row when she literally came up back to life. So I I really kind of hope they eventually bring that up. But I know Ari, like I said, she said she was underwhelmed and she didn't like how people were just talking about it. But I, but I'm with you, Michael. I love
0: it. I mean, what does she expect them to do? Carry pics for it?
1: I think because the way those who knew back then realized it when she was levitating and we had that giant reveal I think she wanted a big reveal like that again, which I get, but, but realistically
0: it'd be different if the devil was doing things undercover like he was in the 90s. Now he's just blatantly wrecking havoc. Like everything tracked back to Marlena regard back in those days it didn't. Like it was a big mystery about who was the desecrator or yeah. why was Marlena sick why she wasn't sleeping, why Kristen suddenly decided to seduce John, then have no memory of it the next day. You, you know, it nothing could be traced back to her this time. It was blatant out in the open. So it was really everyone already kind of figured something was up. So it it was no big jump for them to know possession. You know what I mean? And just take it so well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I I kind of loved it. I loved Victor's reaction. Victor's reaction was hilarious. <laughs> because he was in town during the original possession but he was he was recovering from a stroke at the time so I don't even think he was a hundred like he wasn't even a hundred percent aware of what was happening because he was in stroke land yeah wait
0: a minute I don't think that was during his stroke part of it was yeah his stroke didn't happen to 96
1: oh was it 96 his stroke happened
0: in 95 he was basically getting over Kate's "Quote unquote death and oh, yeah, plane of uh, Vivian. Vivian." Yeah, he
1: was grieving. Okay, see,
0: yeah. I didn't beat the encyclopedia, y'all.
1: <laughs> you did. I listen. I watched all that stuff back to back to back. The timeline just kind of meshed. And, and
0: see, and see, here's the thing. The only reason I remember that is because he's still trying to recover from that stroke in 1997. So I, I really wasn't. I like. I just couldn't connect that he was in rehab for a stroke for an entire year. He hasn't even made progress in 1997 so i just knew it wasn't 96 like 95 when he yeah. had stroke. True.
1: so victor very was true.
0: around but he was very enmeshed in his yeah. thing yeah. with yeah. vivian and such
1: yeah it, but, it was very much um he was he was kind of he, he was kind he of rubble. in the position that gwen and xander are in now
0: yeah like his life was in shambles but it wasn't directly caused her to position so it's interesting to see his point of view on yeah. the whole thing. But um, I just, I'm glad people are finding out. It, um, also, I, I was going to bring this up on the fantasy era portion later, but it yeah. also kind of goes hand in hand with the theory of isolating fantasy era. I appreciate how the writers kind of use that isolation for their gain in this storyline with Marlena being and see error going on the run because they have no clue. They haven't been talking to anyone. They haven't been in everyone's space like everyone else, so they don't have the news that Malena is possessed. Right. So I, I just want to give a kudos to that real fast. Like that was very interesting to me, and it kind of made a light bulb go off as I was watching the scenes. But let's move on, shall we? Let's. John is bound and determined to find Malena. Everyone wants to get him checked out, but he won't until Malena is safe. And then he collapses and Sean takes him to the hospital. When he comes to, he wants out, but Brady and Belle both tell him he's not going anywhere. All he wants is to find my life. Determined
1: John is my favorite John. When he said, "My like, the police have nothing and my girl needs me, like, my heart melted. And shout out to uh, Eli for having my favorite reaction to the possession so far.
0: Like, what are we supposed to do? Douse her
1: in holy water? <laughs>
0: Well, see, what I liked about this scenes is the hospital felt like the hospital again. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah.
0: We didn't see just the one waiting room. We saw like an actual room. We saw the waiting room. We saw the middle floor. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then That's- we also had so many guests coming in and out to see John. Well, we haven't had that in a long time. Of it even seeing it- like a hospital.
1: Yeah, because even when Sierra was in the hospital, it was literally like people would come see her, but it was very, it didn't feel as connected as this does. And I think because everybody that was coming to see John was also being featured in other parts of, like other parts of the episode. Like Brady um, was with Maggie earlier in the week. And then that next day he was in the hospital seeing his dad. Um, Belle had been all over looking you know, dealing with the aftermath of everything happening with her mom. And then when her, when John finally showed up, there she was, you had Paulina come in to see him, which we'll talk about that later. Um, And then she was with Abe. And then you had Steve, Steve and Kayla too. Like it just, it, it worked. And I loved the dynamic with um, Steve and Kayla and John. And I love that John, like, I didn't put this on the outline, but I want to say it here The fact that Kayla apologized for not letting John listen to the tape sooner and and taking kind of responsibility um, and being like, I could have helped you and I chose not to and I'm so sorry, but also like the little moments where he called her Kay and it was like flashbacks to his days as Roman, which is going to
2: come up again later.
1: I loved it. I know, I know you have giant issue with the whole Steve-Kayla-John friendship. And I'm right there with you. I I am.
3: Don't, and I'm going to tell you why. Like, even though historically they haven't been very close, but okay, I'm in my Skylar sister's voice, look around, look around. Everyone else is gone. Shane's gone. Will's gone. Hope's gone. Kim's gone. Everyone else is gone. So it would make sense. Like Marcus is gone everyone else is gone so when you are that age and your friend group has shrunk like that you naturally get closer to the people who are left especially with john and steve being business partners
0: well see john being,
3: being brady you know and john black was roman brady for a long time they're they're him and kayla are family like it okay see, even though we didn't buy see it, it on screen they it is a logical it possession it's a logical progression
0: of relationships I, I mean, it's logical where they failed me is we didn't see it it wasn't explained does it need to
2: be though
0: bold. it was just boom john steve kayla and marlena are best friends it, when, it
1: it did. I mean, on one hand, it doesn't because you're kind of right, but on the other hand, it kind of flies in the face of the history that we did see a little bit. Like, it, not so it, much. It would have so been nice to
3: see it, but like, it's it is a completely logical progression.
0: Well, we well see. It 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 makes sense that they would all be friends. Don't get me wrong. There, it, it where it loses me is that they are best friends when I know for a fact that Marlena was closer with Kim than Kayla.
3: Kim's and not here.
0: Yeah, I, I know. I, I get that. But again, it just...
3: It, Kim's not here I, and Kayla's right it. there. Not only are they family, Kayla's... I'm recovered. not saying it doesn't they're, make seeing sense, other, saying. they're seeing each other at the hospital day in, day out.
1: Yeah, it it definitely makes sense. It's just, I think, harder for us to reconcile because we're watching classic days while also watching current days so we see what the relationships were like between specifically Marlena and Kayla and John and Steve back then and it doesn't necessarily match what's there now and it's just kind of hard to reconcile
0: it that's exactly it
3: the environment is different now
0: like yeah
3: (laughs) and the relation like it it would be like for me it would be different if like Shane and Kim were still here, or Bo was still here, or Marcus was still here. But like those touchstones are not here anymore. And like I said, when you are a certain age and your friend group is not what it was, you connect with the people who are still around. And then like, you know, like look at Marlena, like Laura's gone, her relationship with Kate isn't what it was, you know, her friendship. Nor approaches. should it be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> build a bridge, Tony. Build a bridge.
3: <laughs> you know, I'll like build a bridge, not,
1: You build a bridge about the wardrobe, sir. No.
3: you know, like the they're gravitating to the people that they have a foundation with who are still here.
1: And when you put it like that, that completely makes sense. I just wish
3: we had kind of seen John yeah, and Steve like, I,
0: an it. I would have just liked them me. to
3: show it, but I I for me. And maybe because I'm I'm a little older myself, but like for me, it just it tracks. It completely makes sense.
0: I guess I'll look at it from a different viewpoint the next time I see it. Because every time I see it, I'm like, this this isn't what they told me. This isn't what I saw. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. And and the thing is too, they had the perfect opportunity. To like really show John and Steve becoming friends after Bo died. Because like John's original vision for Black Patch was John, Steve, and Bo. And then Bo died and they decided to do it in his memory. So it was like they could have shown them bonding over the fact that they both missed Bo. And we just never got that. And then we were kind of told they were instant best friends. And it just did not jive with the dynamic
3: that they had when Steve was alive i think it's one of those it's one of those i can't remember who it is but it's one of those things where um like we have to assume it's going on on the off-screen show like so much (laughs) like so much interesting stuff happens off screen that like we don't get to see and we just kind of have to assume happened because they come back in and they're just like bam like dynamics will be changed People will know things that we didn't see them finding out about. So a lot happens. It's like the off screen show is very interesting. Yeah. I would like to see the off screen show sometimes. <laughs> and considering Days has an app, they can easily make segments that
1: show us the off screen show sometimes. Right.
3: Because that would have been nice. It would have been nice to actually see them connecting in that way instead of I mean, just like having to logic it out you know
1: because i buy that kayla found out about the possession because like caroline was such a big part of it But i'm sure caroline told her about it but steve was presumed dead at the time so i would really have loved to have seen his face Uh, over a decade like he was he was he was five years into death at that point and it was another 10 years before he came back so i would have really and i highly
0: doubt if they were playing the possession like the big secret that it was, Steve wouldn't have known about this.
3: I wouldn't. Like, there's Christina just so much. <laughs> like there's just like so like things like that. Like okay, you were you you were out of here for a minute, homie. Can you just like so much stuff that they would have needed to fill him in on that happened while he was gone.
0: Like I doubt him and Kayla were pillar talking about this. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Could you imagine? Because <laughs> we kind
1: of got we kind of got a hint of it in what we'll talk about next with Ben and Sierra. But like when they brought up John's aneurysm, Sierra had no idea what they were talking about.
3: Yeah. Sierra was like, who's
0: what now? <laughs> well, let's move on to that story, shall we? The devil has taken refuge with Ben and Sierra. And the devil tries to claim that John is abusing Marlena. Ben believes it, but Sierra is skeptical. The devil morses to John and tries to break down the door to convince her. Sierra is still skeptical, but agrees to leave town.
1: I loved all of this. And I know there was a big debate on Soap Twitter whether Ben should have believed and blah, blah, blah. But I think Ben and Sierra both played, played the scenes exactly as they should for who they are. Like, given Ben's history with abuse, it makes 100% sense that he would automatically believe it without having to super question it.
0: And it makes complete sense that she would question everything. Well, first things first, I want to say, that lady finna be a grand. Anyway, (laughs) I enjoyed it because it played on a lot of history and dynamics that isn't played on much. Because people often forget before Steve and Kayla, Bo and Hope were John and Marlena's best friends.
1: The entire Whereas, reason that Bo was able to deliver Sierra is because John went to meet EJ in his place and got shot for a trouble.
0: Like they were close friends. That's basically how Sean and Bale got together. Um, so when my like when Marlena was coming to Sierra about, well, John is abusing me, Sierra turned and tame my breast and said, No, not my John. Because my Uncle John don't hit some women. So she was confused. She she automatically didn't believe it. Whereas Ben, Ben don't know them like that. Right. And <laughs> it, was very, triggered
1: by his own past.
0: Is very which is precisely doctor. why the
3: devil used that. hmm Exactly. Went,
0: this is my doctor and her husband. But for Sierra, that's her aunt Marlena and Uncle John. So it it had a very different stakes for both of them and they really played that really well. So to all the people who was mad that Ben didn't believe, you know, Ben believed her off the grip, well, for one, he has that history of being abused. So he was going to believe whatever abused woman came to him, honestly, because again, believe all women. But it's not far-fetched. This is just his doctor and he went off of what his doctor was telling him. But I also love that the devil knew to play this button. He knew that this would be a trigger.
1: Exactly. And that's exactly why that was the button that the devil chose to push. And I want to give a a big shout out um, to Rob Scott Wilson in these scenes
0: because he did a
1: lot in his face and his body language where you could see exactly where Ben's headspace was through all of those scenes without him having to say a single word. You knew just by the look on his face and the way he held himself that when he looked at Marlena he saw his mother and when John was banging down that door trying to come in he was instantly brought back to Clyde yeah and that is why Ben wasn't thinking as clearly because he was triggered and the devil knew that and the devil used that and let me also be clear because I had a debate um, on Twitter about this too the devil chose this lie specifically to get Ben and Sierra out of town so that they would not find out about the possession and the devil can still keep whatever plans he has for their baby on track this was specifically getting ben and sierra out of town to keep them away from finding out about the possession that is the only reason this abuse thing even came up because once everything went south at the horton house the plans with the baby are the only plans the devil has left Because I feel like that might have gotten lost in translation for a couple different people. So I wanted to make sure that I said something.
3: Yeah, and like, I know that I'm really hard on him and I don't compliment Robert Scott Wilson often, but I am absolutely going to do it right now. There was a, the scene where Devil John is pounding on the door and he's leaning against it and his entire face, and his body is like, you can see it. He's just waiting for it to be over. He's the broken little boy. And if you've ever worked with people who have been through trauma, you know what that disassociation is. It's a coping mechanism. It's a way of self-protecting. You are in the you are in the moment, but you're not in the moment. You are just waiting for it to be over. And I saw that and I felt that. And he, that got me. He did so good in those scenes. And
1: like the moment where, where Sierra Tell told him, like Ben, close the door. It almost felt like that moment was snapping him back to the reality of the situation because before that he was completely
3: gone. It's like you could, yeah. You, you could see when he got triggered and you could see... How he was it's just like, trying to get through it. He didn't have a plan. He didn't have a and like even the way that he was talking to John, like the way his voice would break in certain oh, parts, and the way that it would shake in certain oh my parts. God. I died.
1: Like, like I oh, what he does It that was it very
3: me. much I have been here before. I never, ever, ever thought I would be here again. He's just like,
1: go, like, just please go, just leave. Oh god I was I was breaking down for him and like I know a lot of people a lot of people were dragging Ben for how he reacted but I completely understood where it was coming from and this is why I always say you have to watch because if you were just reading recaps or reading dialogue the scenes would play completely differently but Rob added so much in his body language and his reactions that it made it a lot deeper for me than I thought it was going to at first. Well, want also, wanna, go ahead,
0: Michael. I would like to add that Drake Hogan is doing the work of his life because I haven't seen him play murderous rage like this since Stefano was alive. And it was just very pleasing to me. Yeah, the yeah. John was unhinged, yo. He
1: was. Also, that morph moment was so fucking awesome. And the way they revealed it, because we didn't know where actual John was for the longest time, because Sean and Belle were on the phone. And then Sean's like, yeah, your dad's with me, turns around, John's gone. So we don't see him.
2: Then and, and it, 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 cuts,
1: then it cut, cut over to Ben, Sierra, and Marlena. And then- Marlena goes into the bathroom and then you hear John banging down the door and it isn't until they reveal actual John collapsed in the Horton house that they come back and then they show the morph from devil John into devil Marlena it was literally so perfect I was screaming
0: well the thing with that was for me is I like how the audience didn't know at first that it was my devil mainly because that would have been a perfect reaction for John trying to get to my devil if that makes sense
1: until he called her a bitch
0: yeah that's yeah. when it lost me but um <laughs> yeah like I, at first like I was barely paying attention I'm not even allowed to y'all I thought that it was John just trying to get to my devil and it kind of played into the devil's plan I had no clue that it was my devil until she marked back and it was just, it was very pleasing to me. They did really well with these scenes. It, I feel like the possession has unleashed this hidden box of talent that each of these actors had, and I'm really appreciating the story. I think that makes also, sense.
1: I think also too, they they understand the weight of what they're doing. They like every actor who has ever been on Days knows about the possession. So the fact that these actors are getting to be involved in the retelling of that story, they understand the responsibility that they have because the first one was received the way it was received. They have to do well because they have to make sure this goes off just as well, if not better. And that added responsibility, you could see that people are really putting the work in because they don't want to ruin this. They were given the ball. They don't want to drop
0: it. Well, let's move on to the second part of this story. Sam line into their cabin and they run into a hiker in the woods and it is none other than Archangel Gabriel from the OG possession story coming to warn the devil and to protect sin and Hope's grandbaby. Sierra offers to make lunch for everyone as lunch is being prepared. The devil and Gabe have an telepathic showdown with sin blissfully unaware. When lunch is served, Gabe makes the devil say grace.
1: This was hilarious. Now it really Dylan was. you were you were a Supernatural fan, were you not?
0: Yeah.
3: So
1: on Supernatural, the angels in that show were complete
3: dicks. And in Days, the angels are petty as fuck and I love it. It's the tension between Gabe and Mardevil. Listen, he
1: walked into that cabin and she did the slow turn by the window.
3: Like oh. this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Mardevil was mad as hell, boy listen
1: and like the whole little spiel she went on like and the thing that was sending me is they were having this whole telepathic conversations but their faces were not moving it was like, like that was literally like nothing was happening and you could hear everything in their voices and it was so freaking cool
3: that back and forth was so good but gave making Mar devil say grace took me down <laughs>
0: took me <laughs> all like <laughs> he's
3: so petty i loved it
0: and then the part would y'all all let's join hands and, and she, she looks over she, at CS hand like I'm not touching that shit.
1: <laughs> I think she thought if she did, she might like burn because like the whole like angel essence by osmosis. Like she was like not about it, but also too. I swear to God, I thought he was gonna have holy water in that furnace. Honestly, <laughs> I did too. Also, like that he mentioned that the river was desecrated, which is why he showed up at the cabin, which um may come into um
0: is this what does this have to do with philip putting that toothpick in the river
1: i'm thinking i'm thinking it's all gonna i think it's all gonna be connected because honestly even the speech that she gave which felt like a very meta moment to talk about the real dumpster fire that is our current universe but also it felt like she was saying listen i have more power and i'm doing things that you aren't even aware that i'm doing so just know that you may think you know what's happening, but you really don't. And
3: also, we didn't talk about it, but like during the um, Steve and John scenes, I like how they set up Gabe's introduction oh, for later. people who may not have been watching back then.
1: Yeah, that I think that that's coming up in the segment after this. I, I gave us a segment to talk about that because I oh, loved it.
3: Yeah, that was so good. Oh, so, so good. But and well, I let's talk about that it. it.
1: I love the fact that it's the original actor playing Gabe too. Like when I saw the spoiler for the mystery hiker, I was hoping we would get some kind of an angel presence. And I was hoping it was either going to be Gabe or some version of him.
0: But the fact that it's the original actor is so cool. Well, let's talk about it, shall we? John and Steve are talking about the original exorcism and John brings up Gabe and tells Steve that Gabe showed him he had the strength to fight the devil. John is the second person to mention how him not being a real police may have lessened the effect of the original exorcism, setting up Eric's return ah, Well, first I of off, I know we're going to talk about Gabe, but they also brought up another mention. Five Francis. Francis. Oh, oh, yes. I wish they could bring him back, but one, he died. And two, he was older than molasses back then, too, so there was. was no way that was going to yeah. happen he, he he was old. He was at least 70 in the 90s. So, yeah, that just wasn't going to happen. But I really appreciated the nod because Father Francis played a huge, huge. part yeah. in the OG possession. Like huge, so huge, you would have thought that would have made a Father Francis like a contract player in days. Oh, how huge he was. He's the one who basically told everyone he clued Kristen in that the possession was near. But had he not known that the possession had already started. But anyways, I'm rambling. Gabe being a part of this is very big for me, mainly because again, it ties to the OG possession. It also shows me that this is almost over. Yeah. Well, it's because, we're
1: good, we're gonna be wrapped by Christmas
0: time. Yeah. Uh yeah, because Gabe didn't pop into the original possession until the very end or well, close to the end, like a month cl- before.
1: Yeah, well, he, he appeared sporadically a couple times um, before the possession really got started, and then like right at the end. But like we saw him a few times sporadically in 94 and 95, so he kind of appeared right as the possession was starting, right in the middle of the possession, and then right as the possession was ending.
0: Well, he's popping up at the end this time, because I don't think we're going to go to 2022. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm pretty,
1: I'm pretty sure this is all going to be wrapped up by Christmas. It was Good. just a really
3: nice way to introduce him too. Because yeah. like, if you didn't watch the first time, you were probably like, who is this random hiker? What is- Listen,
1: I, cabin- had, <laughs> I had so many people in my mentions and in my DMs asking me who the hell Gabe was. Because when I got when we got confirmation, thanks to Jason 47 on Facebook, that it was the original actor coming back for this and that it was actually Gabe. Like I had a little fangirl moment and like freaked out all over my timeline. And people were like, wait, who is this? I need an explanation. So I had to explain to so many people
3: because they didn't know. Yeah, I like I like how they're tying in pos- the original possession with what's going on now. They're doing just enough so that if you watched the first time, you're catching all of the Easter eggs and you're catching all of the references. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't, you're not completely lost because they're doing a really good job of filling in the important blanks for you yeah
1: because when the possession started when this possession started my mom hadn't seen the original possession story she has since gone back and watched the entire thing in about two weeks um so then whenever the the historical easter eggs would come up after she's watched it she's picking them up just like I am and it's so much fun and I just I will say it felt like there was supposed to be a flashback at some point with um John like in the John Steve scenes about Gabe, I kept waiting for them to flash back and they didn't and I was kind of disappointed
3: that they didn't. I think they did like a little moment of him seeing him in the church, didn't they? Oh wait, yeah, I think they did. They did. Okay, yes, they did. Oh, it was so good. And like I, I like how they're setting up for Eric's return too. Right? They're, because they're this, is, really the,
1: this is the this is the Second time that it has been mentioned that John wasn't an actual priest at the time that the original exorcism took place. Because Julie well, mentioned Eric- it last last week, but Eric may not be a priest now, but he at least Remembers when he he remembers his vows, he remembers the significance. John didn't have an emotional connection to the church because he yet did. he was told he was a priest, but he had no recollection of making those promises to God. He yeah. had no recollection of those vows that he took. So while he was and able, it turned pers- out to be a lie. Yeah, right. And, and it turned out to be a lie. So I think that they keep setting it up to, so that Eric can come back and do this, but it's also setting it up. They're also saying, yeah the exorcism is going to take this time. We are not going to go down this road for a third time, which I like.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to that. Are y'all ready to move on to the next story? Let's go. Next thing on the docket, Paulina comes to see John and is shocked to hear Mylena is possessed again. They talk about Abe and John. I think Abe will eventually forgive her the way he always forgave Lexi.
1: This was such an
0: interesting use of history.
1: Like this and the stuff with Abe and Lonnie later, which we'll talk about, was one of my favorite parts of Thursday's episode because John spoke of Lexi realistically. Like she wasn't like her mistakes and the things that she's done in the past that Abe did have to forgive her for weren't forgotten just because she's gone. And I love the fact that like John's like, Abe is one of the most forgiving people that I know. He's gonna forgive you. It may take time, but he'll get there. Also, I loved her reaction to finding out that Marlena
3: was possessed again. She was like, well, that explains a lot. John and, uh, John and Paulina were, <laughs> he was like, you called the devil a bitch? <laughs> and Paulina was like, I sure did. And the devil called me one right back. <laughs> I was like, okay, this, this, this is, is everything I wanted it to be and more. I did, I I loved it. And I loved him letting her in on how messy Lexi could be and how big and forgiving Abe's heart is uh-huh. because the the correlation there is like yeah Paulina Paulina can do some shady things but she's not a bad person no. and even when Lexi was doing terrible things Lexi was never a at the core of who she is she was never a bad person
1: everything she did was in the name of keeping the child that she loved and then in a reaction to losing that child
3: and it's like that that is the that's the the similarity there and that is what's going to enable Abe to get to that place of forgiveness because he may not trust her right now but he he does know her heart and he does know that at the core of who she is Paulina is a good person he fell in love with her for a reason.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I love that John was the one that was saying all of this because, and I, you know, Pauline is going to get to talk to Kate next week, but I love the fact that, like, she wasn't talking to Roman, she was talking to John because John and Abe are one of my favorite friendships. And just to have this juxtaposed while Abe was also talking to Lonnie about John's history, which I will talk about in a couple segments, like, just the way this was done was so good.
2: Yeah
3: and it also like i i like when they give have these characters give these little insights about other people that they have these long-standing relationships with because john knows he he knows because he's been there he knows that abe is the type of person that once he loves you he loves you all the way for life
0: exactly not only that John knows what it's like to learn that his children aren't really his children. He's been there.
1: Yeah. And I am hoping that once the devil possession um subsides and John can actually like fully focus, that Abe actually has the chance to, and I think it will happen now, has the chance to talk to him and be like, How did you walk away? From Sammy and Eric and Carrie, because I can't walk away from Lonnie. I love her too much. And but he I, didn't. Get, no, but he, he, he did. No, and no he I'm didn't. saying,
0: and I'm saying that would be John's reaction. He didn't.
1: Right. But like, cause I, I would love a scene where Abe is like, I give you credit for stepping back the way you did when Roman came back, because I do not think I would have the power to do that if I was in the same situation. I do not think that I could give up my child to let another man raise her or be in her life in this instance the way that you did when Roman came back and I never gave you the credit for that and that would be an excellent scene to have because that would also set up how Abe would react if and when Ray ever enters the chat. you yeah, could have had this conversation
0: be... with Roman but Roman after the fool when he found that Bill wasn't
1: <laughs> But I also too that. John well yeah he did act a fool when when he found out about Belle but John John's literally it's weird John has been Lonnie and John
3: has been eight.
0: yeah we'll talk about that later <laughs> uh, yeah,
3: I think but- I think too though they're going to also be coming from slightly different places just because John knew that he was making space for even though Roman was acting a fool he knew he was making space for a good man Abe does not have that. (laughs) Abe, unfortunately, does not have that luxury because everything that he's been told about Ray, this is going to be someone that he won't want near his daughter or his grandchildren. So it's going to be, and I I feel like, we'll, we'll talk about it when we get there, but I feel like that last little thing that he said to Lonnie about her and the twins being his is going to come into play whenever Ray shows up because abe is not gonna be here for it
1: no nor should he be right
0: now what i didn't appreciate was paulina one paulina not giving abe his face that's like a big pet peeve of mine and a trigger so i was gonna feel the way about that regardless of who it was but i didn't appreciate how she brought lexi into it during the argument with abe
1: that was a bad move. That was such a bad move.
0: Ugh. And I'm not going to lie, I thought Abe was going to strangle her. I he, to her. He... he said, and don't.
1: The way Do the not. bass in his voice, oh shit.
0: But I will say this I know for a long time now, I've been saying I'm just not feeling Paulina and Abe, but this argument and the dialogue within that argument has made me buy it because
1: like now. also Paulina she was to,
0: because I, was I didn't realize that Paulina also had her great love as well and lost her great love because we don't yeah. talk about it enough but Chanel's father kind of I don't want to say saved but opened her heart up and she found that love again and
3: yeah. just
0: by the way she was talking about him you can tell that was a really deep and passionate relationship may not be conventional because he was a house husband and she made all the money, but that worked for them. That was their dynamic and they loved but that. But
1: I think in a way that worked better for them because after her relationship with Ray, she needed to find somebody who would let her shine.
0: And she found that. And you could just tell it by her dialogue that she really love that man. It wasn't like a throwaway marriage. It was a genuine thing. So now I see them both as equals. They both have lost the love of their lives and now they found someone later in life to share their love with. And now I get Paulina and Abe. So I really think this argument needed to take place for the people like me who just couldn't let Lexi go.
3: And I will say to I, I did. And the thing that struck me, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying, Michael, with at the space that they're both in at their lives, because I the when when Abe called Lexi the love of his life, Paulina didn't blink. She said, I know. Cause she she understood. She
0: that. she again she had the love of her life.
3: Yeah. But there was one and other like thing that he said. It didn't make her insecure. It didn't, it didn't rattle her. She accepted that she understands it. She's not. And I feel like a lot of, I feel like for some people there was a sense of her trying to take Lexi's place. And I feel like these scenes kind of put that to bed. Because she's, she's not trying to be
1: Lexi's shadow either because Abe is not the love of her life either. They are their late-in-life love.
0: And, and see, I didn't get that until they had that dialogue because I never realized how similar Abe and Paulina was. Paulina found a love of her life. They had that one child and he passed away. So did Abe and Lexi. You know what I mean? It, it makes sense now to me. Yeah, and, and they're two like people. Dialogue.
3: They had kind of, you can kind of tell that they had made their peace with not necessarily
0: not finding love, finding again. love yeah Paulina said it Paulina said she was I'm I was content with never finding love again I had found my great love and now you come up here comes you and I'm head over heels again I feel like this dialogue should have happened before the fallout of Paulina and Abe it would have made that wedding disaster hit a lot harder than what it already did
1: also too there was there was one thing he said before they had the fight in the in the in the waiting room when they saw each other as he was getting off the elevator um you know she mentioned about marlena being possessed again and then that explains what happened at the wedding um and then he said something like yeah lies come from the devil but the lies started with you
0: uh, see i didn't like that part because it seemed like she tried to excuse everything on the devil that's why i read it glass that's what, no that's not exactly how that went down you oh, know what
3: I, what I mean i but i, I loved I, his reaction I, yeah i i like that i like that abe's not he he loves her but he's not going to indulge her in foolishness like he's gonna let her be as big and grand and shiny and sparkly as she needs to be but if there's an l she needs to hold she's gonna hold it yeah
0: very much like jackson and erica
3: yes yes when she's wrong he he is going to let he is going to step back and let her shine but when she's wrong he's gonna let her know that she's wrong and she and i I like how she was like you right
0: you're right. <laughs> Very much like Jackson and Erica. So if Erica would have broke down and cried while she was saying it, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they
2: just have
1: a really I, I lovely. I do have
0: one, one little. Yeah, they do, but I do have one little critique. Jack, wouldn't a wouldn't be you if
1: you didn't.
0: Jack, a I love you, but sometimes you need to tone it down a little bit, just just a little bit, because. It gets to sort of the hammy side sometimes when you're doing dialogue, like when she tries to emphasize a word. I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way to describe it because this isn't a slam, but it's like she's doing that thing, you know, where actresses are actors who aren't like soaps, isn't their big thing where they come in and they try to act all dramatic. And then but it's funny because she it started take all that, it, it, exactly. It, but here's the thing that isn't her big thing her big thing was television her big thing was prime time so it, it's like she got here and then sometimes she tries to take it over the top to try to match the mood of the scene and it's like you don't even have to do all that if that makes sense
1: and i i think she i think she's kind of learning about that because like in the scenes in the waiting room like she played it very gentle she played
0: that very right but you know I can think of a scene when she was um in the square line and she was like, I promise to never let a man, anyone put a hand on me again. Like that wasn't necessary. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You could just say it again and we would have got it. That That's just my big thing. I think it's it's not really a slam, it's more like a little critique because she's doing amazing. But, it, but this isn't an odd thing because, again, a lot of big time stars who come down to from prime time or something else and come to a soap, they do that overacting thing sometimes or where they over enunciate a word to try to be dramatic. It, I'm trying to think of someone off the top of my head. Um, y'all would know better than me. But y'all, Robin y'all Strauss did that a lot but see that that just didn't make no damn sense because you've been on the soap all for 50 <laughs> years and you was doing that so, um years. I want to I wouldn't say Betty White because Betty White not that at the park but you know those big stunt castings that come oh god that, that that that's an example too but yeah, Eddie Winslow, the young and the restless. That's a good example. He yeah. came, yeah. Uh, you know, he can act, de- he, you know, he can act somewhat decent. But he just came in and swallowed the whole thing real, trying to be a ham because he thinks, oh, this is a soap, and that all that isn't necessary. And I'm not saying that Jack A is doing that, but I see little elements of her doing it. And it's like, let's try to reel that in before it becomes too big of a problem. And she thinks that's okay.
1: But I think, honestly, I think she, we're actually watching her learn it, because she doesn't do it in scenes with James
0: at all. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, it's just a little small thing that bothers me. And it's not just her. I mean, that's been a thing that bothers me with any kind of, like, big-time celebrity coming down to soaps and thinking they have to step to that level to be dramatic when it doesn't take off. It, it, it's not as bad as James Franco on G.H., yeah it's just something she's doing and i feel like with a little work we're not going to see that anymore but let's move on shall we let's see abe has come to talk to Lonnie, but finds out finds eli instead abe is worried that they will change carver's name and abe reassures him that he is still family and we finally get to meet baby thurgood marshall who's the cutest little sheriff in the world uh We also find out Abe and Tamara have spoken, and that Tamara be- believe letting Lonnie believe her assumption about Abe was safer than finding out the truth. She lied. She lied. <laughs> it's, it, it's, y- y'all look—they've they, been sugarcoating this whole thing a little bit. Oh well, they had good intentions. No, they lied. But no, lied, but they straight I will up say, lied.
1: I was very happy that what Abe because at the to end me-
0: of the day. Tamra could have just said I don't know who your dad was well, the honestly
1: right true but I will say I'm very happy that what Abe said to Eli actually tracked with what aired when Lonnie first came to town because back when the spoilers dropped that they were doing this I went back to Lonnie's origin story so to speak to see exactly what we were working with to see what where the change could come in and it turns out that Ron had a lot to work with because they didn't really do a whole hell of a lot. All they said- Which is said, why I
0: never believed that Abe was Lonnie's daddy. And I told y'all, I've been- Yes, you, it you for did, years you, were now. Right.
1: You, you were right, you were right. You deserve this victory, we're gonna give it
0: to you. But- um It was just too many holes in that story, none of it added up. Cause at the but end was, of the day, why would you hide? It's Abe.
3: Yeah, that was always my that was always my thing because like, I accepted the it. Kids. I accepted it, but I'm like, it, if Abe is the baby daddy you want, if you got a co parent with somebody, you want an Abe. <laughs> like there's. <laughs> like that's the dude there was it never made sense to keep because again
0: abe raised faye's kids like it's abe it's abe he raised everybody kids it's uncle abe what what was the reason
3: exactly just it it was so thin it was so thin like he had a okay so he was involved with someone and but I love hey, that he, was, he, to was, he her her step, back, step so. up.
1: Me mm-hmm. too. I do agree that that meets, that that she needs to be here in person. But I do love that what he said actually matched what aired because sometimes when they retcon things years later, it doesn't always match what aired.
3: Yeah, that's true. Like I loved these scenes. They were like the the way when Abe asked. Eli oh. thinking of changing Carver's name and Eli was like hell no I was like yes okay did y'all Tell feel him. some type of
1: did y'all feel some type of way that the first time that we actually get to see Abe holding his grandson is after he finds out the truth about Lonnie?
0: like oh no I, that was the COVID thing I, I can't no I know that was that. a
1: COVID thing it's just it's just a weirdly timed thing that I kind of was able to wish happened a little bit sooner but my god baby Carver
3: is the cutest little one in the world the baby was so adorable. The baby was like, ah, 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 I'm gonna it's, get my camera time. <laughs> it's so
1: nice to be able to actually like hear general baby noises and not sounding like a baby has asthma all the time.
3: <laughs> like the, I will say this. They have like baby Henry was adorable. Oh, so Carver is so cute. I'm I am loving the return of the children. These are some cute, cute little ones.
1: Yes. The one thing I did not appreciate in these Abe-Eli scenes is that they mentioned in dialogue that Theo has gone back to South Africa.
0: I to- Didn't I tell y'all? Didn't I tell y'all? Because like, I, I not told y'all, but y'all not listen.
1: Because he's like, I'm going to tell you the same thing I told Theo in that um, your relationship with the kids aren't changing even though Theo is going to be in South Africa, meaning he's already left. And when I heard that, I rolled my eyes because... I was hoping we'd get more for Theo than that.
0: Didn't I say, y'all, the Cambray of our generation?
3: <laughs> like, I'm at the point where I don't even... Like, I want more for Theo, but I don't expect to get anything for him. So, yeah. yeah. But I will say, also, though, I'm I, I feel like me and Michael are going to be right there together. I need someone to drag tammy by her lace front because Mm -hmm. yes she's getting off so light
0: her and olivia
3: listen okay big mama got off so just easy
0: just like soul food (laughs) big mama was the main villain and got off because she was old that's all i'm saying
3: It's like Paulina had no, no parts in involving Abe in this mess.
1: Nope. That was all Tamar.
3: That, that was all on Tam.
1: And although it, it is not, and we'll talk about this more when we get to the Lonnie side of it, which is coming up soon, but Lonnie feels a lot of guilt for that because she said more than once, she said it to Eli. She said it to Kristen. Hell, she even said it to Abe himself. That Lonnie feels like she brought this pain to him because she's the one who brought Ava into this. Because if she didn't go looking, then Tamara never would have named him.
3: Like Tamara didn't have to name him. No, that's
1: true. But I'm just saying, Lonnie feels a lot of guilt. Yeah, like
3: everybody. That's... I feel like everyone is taking, everyone is holding Tammy's L, but Tammy, and I don't like that. I'm beyond. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs>
0: I don't I don't appreciate no, no because all Tammy why we keep calling the lady Tammy, all Tamara <laughs> had to do was well, say, baby. I don't know, Tammy. baby, I don't know who your daddy is. You can check Abe, but that ain't gonna help you. They would have got a DNA test and it would have came back. Abe is not the father. That would have been the end of it. But no, like <laughs> she lied. She lied just a lie. She woke up that day. Well. The secrets are on I guess I gotta lie. came to town and lied that's multiple that, times. That's the, that's the part that pisses me off. She came and brought her. Apologize in that man's letter. face. Oh, I'm so sorry that you didn't get to be a part of Laura's life because I was so selfish. It just lied. She came fully prepared. Unprovoked. She got, she got off the airplane. I'm a lie today. She left her hotel room. I'm a lie today. She got to the waiter. I'm a lie today. Fing <laughs> it. Got back I, up and said, "I'm a steal a lie today." She lied. It, <laughs> <laughs> not one point did it cross her mind to tell the truth. She lied, and everyone's just letting her get away with it.
3: It's like, She's
0: it's she touring. It
3: was such a getting all
0: the when the one lie she could have told would have ended it. I don't know who your daddy is. That's it. That's all she had to say.
1: Right. And like it, it, it's it's so it's I've been feeling going up and down like a yo-yo, and this can take us into the Lonnie conversation because, like when Abe was explaining Tamra's side of it to Eli, in that moment I got it. Like in that moment I was like, okay, I hate it, but I got it. Then Lonnie had her scenes with Kristen, and I saw how much pain Lonnie was in, and it was nah, fuck that bitch.
0: Well, let's move on to that, shall we? Lonnie isn't home because she's gone to see Kristen. She tells Kristen what happened at the wedding and Kristen tries to support her. Lonnie said that she is avoiding Abe because she was, uh, because talking to him makes this real and she feels guilty for dragging him into this. Kristen convinces her to go talk to Abe and that she knows from experience. Biology does not equal love. Okay, I'm going to say this. Don't shoot me. Don't shoot me. If you okay, JFK is- me, we if you JFK me, we ain't gonna have no host. <laughs> okay. I like Kristen and Lonnie's friendship. Don't shoot me. Don't shoot me. I liked it in these scenes.
3: Because I don't it, I generally I usually don't mind it actually.
0: I'll be honest. I don't either. I, I I've never not liked it. I got it. I, it. now the only thing that bothers me is that they act like they don't haven't been playing
3: time in this.
0: Lit till you get to the center of the Tootsie Pop with each other. okay <laughs> What?
3: I tried. We <laughs> knew
1: exactly where he was going to. I you knew exactly. Be-
0: because, because it's the most logical thing. The most logical. That's the only reason. They've been playing Scratch That Cat. Sorry. Anyways. Sir, what? <laughs> what? We're not telling the truth on this day
3: we're we're not not today, no we're, we'll leave that truth over there. <laughs> and it's okay, like, I know, I know people aren't wild about this friendship, but i I, I get like why because I
1: was one of them because like yeah. Lonnie was acting so stupid for the longest time, but this is the first time that their friendship worked because it actually worked with Kristen's history,
0: and it actually meant something,
3: yeah. And like Kristen's perspective as someone who was adopted, but still has really strong family bonds, just underscored the whole supernatural reference, family don't end with blood. Exactly. And she she was a really good friend to Lonnie in these scenes too. And as weird as that friendship may be sometimes, this was really nice for me.
1: It really was. And like to actually get to see Lonnie feel her feelings and be hurt. not that she can't feel it with Eli, but Eli, is, Eli loves her so much that he immediately would want to try to take care of her and try to fix it. With Kristen, Kristen just kind of let her feel those things in the moment. And when she said talking to him will make this real and I don't want this to be real there are very few characters on this show that I will fight to the death for Lonnie has now become one of them
3: I mean like I get uh like we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get to the a Lonnie scenes but I I get where she's at because like I'm a daddy's girl and just the idea of losing any part of that bond with my father, I cannot imagine. I just, I, I cannot, like it would, I get it. Cause it would, I feel like it would change me out of, fundamental like at the core of who I am because that's like when you know that your dad loves you always and always it's there's just nothing like having that type of love and that type of bond and that type of foundation and that's been shaken for her so like I I get her not wanting that
0: to change I'm gonna start using that always and always come (laughs) on now
3: we might have
1: we might have an episode title
3: like i i get it i i i get why she's so like distraught really because like yeah you know of course she but abe's still like her father and and you know biology doesn't like create your bonds you know it it blood isn't what determines you know love but she had a very strong sense of who she was based on who she believed him to be to her and why she believed him to be that to her and that's been completely snatched so i i, I get it i felt for her
1: and south stowers is doing such an amazing job
0: whoever is doing her wigs amazing work superb <laughs>
1: She's
0: doing them herself. Makes sense. Makes a lot of sense based on what Victoria Raya told us. But yep. <laughs> <clears throat> let's move on, y'all. Just I've been waiting for this part all day. Lonnie oh. goes home and talks to Abe. In an excellent use of history, he tells her to tell the two Romans and how finding out Romans' survived did not negate his love for John. Abe assures Lonnie that in his heart she will always be his daughter. Now y'all can talk about Lonnie and Abe, and I get to love the- this
1: was the most epic brilliant amazing use of history bravo jamie giddens like thank you so 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 much i wanted this to be brought up i've mentioned it i think we all have mentioned it on the podcast that this would be an excellent thing to bring up and while it wasn't exactly in the context that i pictured because i always pictured it coming up with john and, and abe talking but abe telling lonnie made so much sense. And I said this earlier and I'll reiterate it now. John was both Abe and Lonnie because when Roman came back, John lost his parents. He didn't just lose a father. He lost his mother, his brother, I'll and be touching his on father, that. his mother, his father, and all of his siblings. And then he was also Abe in the situation because he had to walk away from Marlena and the kids. And I'll
0: be touching on that.
1: I I will never forget Christmas Nineteen ninety one, after the truth had come out and we had found out that Roman was Roman and John was John, that you know Roman and Marlena and all the kids are at the Bradys for Christmas like they are every you know, like, as had been the tradition at that point every year, and you just have John standing outside the window watching on the outside for the first time in five years, and that moment always haunts me. And I just, just, I love how far that John has come in that he's still as close to the Bradys now as he was back then. The Brady pub exists because John gave it to them as a gift. Like John is the perfect example that you don't need to be biologically related to somebody to love them. And I think in that moment, Lonnie understood that i don't know how long that understanding is going to stick but in that moment she understood i think
3: Lonnie's struggle is going to be with figuring out her feelings about being lied to and how the truth changes how she sees herself because she's she's going to know that for abe and for theo that nothing has changed for them
1: like but everything has changed for her and you can see it now even in how she's interacting
3: she's like my head understands but my heart like yeah you can see you can, honest there were a couple of times where you can honestly see it in she doesn't she goes back and forth with what to call him like she called him Abe in a couple of scenes but then the minute she saw him it was dad he's a dad She's
1: trying to reconcile the truth with what she feels and just trying to figure out what it all means. And I think, honestly, at this point, she's not going to know what to do. But if Abe forgives Paulina, which I think is coming and coming soon, that's going to be the thing that pushes her away from Abe and into whatever darkness
3: is coming.
0: I will say this. Do not Scott Chandler her.
3: Uh. <laughs> Yeah, we don't. Mm. Woo, yes, because that was rough. With,
0: with that being said, I've been waiting for this all the time. For all the people who don't know the story of the Tale of Two romance, I'm going to sub up at least 10 years of story to try to make sense of it for you. Okay, picture it. It is 1984.
1: Four. November 84.
0: Four. Yes. Okay. Marlena and Roman are happily married. They have their twins, they have Carrie, and all things are going well. The but twins are only a like, couple
1: months old at this point, just, I, I don't even, but yeah, I think they're like two months old at this point, just
0: point of fact. Thank you, Tony. Well, Roman is on the case to track down Stefano the Mary and finally bring him down to justice. Within that case, he ends up dying, which led to an amazing scene of Bo calling Marlena, Whoa. telling Whoa. him that Roman had died. Meanwhile, the the... star of those scenes was Kim Brady.
1: And Deidre Hall. They were were co-hosts. They were co-starring those scenes because we are going to give
0: Deidre Hall her flowers. Yeah, they they were running that damn scene. I'm not even gonna lie. Anyways, years passed by. Marlena never really got over Roman. And an amnesiac strolls into town by the name of John Black. Marlena being the doctor that she is, helps tries to help John find like his memories because again, he's an amnesiac. But within that time, long story short, she finds out that John Black happens to be a six inches taller with taco meat on his chest. Roman Brady.
1: There is a split second before she realizes that he's Roman, that um she actually thinks he's Stefano because she Stefano, sees the Phoenix,
3: the Phoenix she, tattoo she see, on his
2: back.
1: Yep. And they have this, they have this whole thing in the Kern, like in the Kern River, which um, there's a, Drake who talks about this location shoot and why it's one of his favorites in a video on Twitter. Um, But they have this whole scene where she's like running away from him because she thinks he's Stefano. And then she looks down and she sees the file and it proves that he's Roman. And then she has to tell him that he's Roman. And oh God, those scenes are so good.
0: Well, they got back together and had this illustrious wedding, and things are just going amazing for them. And then Marlena tragically, quote unquote, dies in a plane crash.
1: Well, first things she was were- presumed dead in a house explosion and then in a plane crash.
0: Uh, yeah, but that, that was a lot for the viewers. Look, if you weren't there for that, I'll give you a pass in not knowing that, because again, that was a wild
3: months.
0: Orpheus entered the <laughs> chat yeah yes. that was that was why it was a lie. Especially he's not lying it, really was
1: it was a really lie. it
0: was a lie. she died and then two months later she popped up on the island smiling so raising,
1: <laughs> raising orpheus's kids who grew up to be evan and Jelly.
0: but yes time moves on they think marlena is alive but alas in 1991 marlena returned and the rest really was history. They find out that Roman really is alive and being held captive in Mexico. They link up in Mexico and realize that Roman is not John and that Roman is actually alive. Now, this is where I get pissed. So, to test the theory, Caroline and Sean basically lead John Ooh, into a trap.
2: This was basically so dirty. leading
0: him on with a false memory that never happened. And John's going along with the memory and Caroline stops and says, john this is the first time she's called him john john that couldn't happen roman was in bed sick with the measles for his 11th birthday and that's when john realized he wasn't roman brain one of the lowest things i ever seen since i saw dixie find out that had merit Brooke, and i will oh, be mad about those two and marlena
1: was so pissed because this this was before the the dna test had come back because they were waiting on isa run dna tests and Honestly, I didn't trust the ISA then and I still don't fully trust them now, but they were waiting for the DNA test results to come back. But this was the first time that John had to face the fact that he wasn't Roman and my heart broke for him. And Marlena was so pissed off, like she was so mad. And then Roman was an entitled little asshat in this time because he had the, he had the gall to be mad that anybody was even questioning it. Like he, mm. well
3: I mean like from his point of view though I got that no I I, I guess it's just the, the way it came it's off the way he
0: like, went about it that really just pissed me off what really yeah, was, pissed me off is when he got all of his um like the promotions that John got for him taken away and he had a pissy attitude about it like that's what pissed me yeah, off yeah but
1: the thing that the thing that got those things taken away from him was the fact that he chose to go undercover with the Torres family uh, six uh, months uh, after look, look, he came hold home. Hold on,
0: hold on, hold on. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> well, I guess they thought that things would go back to normal. Marlena went back with Roman, and Roman went back with a president in the Isabella. They got married. She died. Marlena was the shoulder for John to cry on. During this time, Roman decided he wanted to go undercover. Six months after he returned from being dead, which eventually led Marlena growing closer with John than he would have liked. Then Marlena got kidnapped and got thrown into a pit. John saved her, and then they started having the wondering eye for each other. John couldn't handle it, so he decided to leave town, but Marlena stopped him and they made love on the plane.
1: On Roman which, and Marlena's well,
0: anniversary. I, I was getting there, I was getting there. Hold on. Cut that out, already to which they made passionate love on the Titan jet plane in which Belle was conceived, which ironically was the night that Roman and Marlena were celebrating their anniversary. So Marlena, without even washing her for Dusty, slept with Roman the same night as well. A lot of people wow. don't remember that fact. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's literally what she didn't have time. So she got home. It was a surprise party. No, it's true. true. (laughs) And this this is only about
1: like two. Like this is about ten years worth of story that he just recapped in like ten minutes.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm not even finished. (laughs) So, anyway, Marlena finds out she's pregnant, and she wants an abortion, but she doesn't go through with it. All during this time, she slept with John a good two, three more times after that. Well, no, one time, and then we had the sauna scene. Luther Vandross crooning Oh God, yes. God, those were so sexy. Sammy finds out about the affair via seeing them on top of the conference room table and hid the secret that Belle might be John's for months. When it was finally confirmed that Belle was John's daughter, she came into work and decided to put Belle on the Black market after Marlena gave birth in October, which is funny because she didn't look pregnant until right about the time she gave birth. Hilarious. (laughs) Hilarious. <laughs> um, what else? They say Belle. Well, not they. Kristen John save Belle. Everything goes back to normal, but by the time of Belle's christening, everything blows to hell when Stefano forces Marlena to tell that she had an affair with John and that Belle had to be John's daughter. There's more to that, but that kind of wraps it up there. How did I do? So good. Okay. Well, let's move on to this. next story. And that, that is why the Tale of Two Romans will forever be one of Dave's great stories because it lasted for so long. And there was reper- repercussions and blowbacks that we kind of still feel today, yep. if we're being honest. But yeah, but Tale
1: of Two Romans was one of the best stories the show has ever
0: done. Well, after Abe leaves, Lonnie talks to Tamara, and she's upset all over again. She understands in her head, but her heart can't get past the lies. Eli is there to support her through this and also gives her the heads up that Christy has to say.
1: I love how supportive Eli is being to her. I just want, I want more for Eli. I want Eli to be angry. I want Eli to be the one to want to fight Tamara in a sense because he's he's being the good supportive husband but i just i want more for eli does that make sense
0: No, because they're not really doing much with him right now which i get because sometimes a character in a couple has to be that supporting character but i wish there was a little bit more to eli because if we're being quite honest we haven't really had the eli stories since eli came onto campus
1: yeah eli hasn't gotten a whole lot of point of view um a bunch
0: like it's always been the Lonnie angle which it's always been Lonnie involved or it's Lonnie's personal things it's never really been Eli but I will say this I love how they're playing him as a hoarding more with Allie watching the twins that was so
3: sweet I love that I love that that was so good and I need them to build that more because it seems like they really only ever touch on his Horton heritage with Doug and Julie, and they or do a good job of that. Oh,
0: or when it's time to hang an ornament, that's it. Mm-hmm. I would like to see Eli with Jennifer, not that one. Jennifer Rose. I'd like to whole... see him and
3: Sean get like. I'd like to see him and Sean get
0: close. Well, the thing is, there's not many male Bradys anymore. Not male Bradys, male Hortons anymore. Most of them are yeah off yeah. canvas or dead.
3: Like, I'd like to see him interact with Lucas a little bit.
1: Yes, please. We got a couple of scenes of that, like, a while ago. I forget. It was random as hell, but it
0: was enjoyable. Well, there's a first ship for Lucas I would like to see, but I doubt they do it. I would like to see Mike and Lucas. Yes. Just for the simple fact of, aside from Kate, now they're playing Philip and Lucas a lot more, which I like. But aside from Kate, Lucas really doesn't have any, like, counterparts to talk to. So I, I, I would like to see Mike return. If, like, not for anything, like... just to have a talk to for Lucas.
3: I also feel because like for Lucas isn't... and Eli could bond over coming into the Horton family late, you know?
0: Now, yeah. see, I wish they would have played that more when Eli was first introduced, because that would have been a great friendship to have. I'm not saying it's too late to bring that up. I feel like they should have brought that up earlier. Yeah, I wouldn't mind them bringing the it on. That is a good point. Um, honestly, I would like to see Eli and Maggie more.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: Because honestly, I, I me personally, I don't see Julie as the Horton matriarch. I see it as Maggie. Being the horton Matriarch? Uh well, whether we
1: what we see versus what Ken Corday believes are two very different things. Because if you ask Ken Corday, he says it's Julie. And Ron because says I, the I, same thing.
0: Because I still see Julie as being a hellcat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I do. So I've I just never got matriarch bias from Julie. I mean, I get it. I mean, she's the first born grandchild. Well, technically she's not because Julie's older brother is. But she's the first born grandchild and she was the first one on screen. So I get why they play her estimate chart. But to me, it's always been Maggie. Yeah,
1: I but don't, that's I don't know not what
0: Maggie has always been there.
1: She was. And then there was a period of time when they moved her into Victor's orbit that she wasn't. But they have now. But even still, she was still in town. You know what I mean? Yeah, but she wasn't really played much in the Horton orbit in the last decade or so, but she's been on this return. She's been played a lot more to, to her Horton side, which I
0: appreciate. All right, that's Uncle Mickey's wife. I miss Uncle Mickey, by the way. I feel like he yes. would have been much needed during yeah. this time.
1: A lawyer who can actually get shit done.
0: But but you see, here's the thing with that one. That's another case just like with Alan Quartermain and John Abbott. You killed a bit off too early, and then now we can't do anything with it. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah.
0: It it would have been. I get. We had like three or four different recasts of Uncle Mickey at that point, and they were just like, you know, to hell with it. I get it. I really do. But I feel like one more recast would have been. But that's just my personal soapbox. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I kind of rambled on that one. That's
3: okay.
0: I, I would like to see Eli. Be incorporated more with the Hortons. It is about time because quite honestly, we don't have many Hortons anymore. Um, we don't have many Brady's either if we're keeping it a buck. Um, it, it's just something that needs to be done because Eli being supporting, it's really a, I don't wanna say a miscarriage, but it's really a big fumble Considering we know that Lamont has the chops for. it. Yeah, yeah and all an All American is proving that. But here's the thing, I would like to see Eli and Mike be good friends, mainly Eli because they Mike, really because Eli they really ha, have the same personality. They both say those lame ass funny jokes. And <laughs> I, Eli like, and
1: Sean, like it's all right yeah. there. I,
0: I think and like you don't have to reach very game, hard or very far for it. Exact. I think the overall thing is I would want them to stop focusing on the Hordons and the Brady's we have. And instead trying to build more of that legacy for the future. Because just think about it with the kids now. The kids we have now, literally none of them can procreate with each other.
3: Nope. Yeah.
0: So it would be interesting to bring in some other Hortons who had outside children.
1: Yeah, because Jules, Carver, Henry, Henry, Charlotte,
3: and Thomas are all related. They're all related. (laughs) And Ariana.
0: Exactly. It's like, it's a lose lose. I think
3: Parker is the only. Yep. Parker's the only. Parker and Holly? Wait, who's Holly's yeah. Daniel Jonas? Yeah, Parker.
1: And because Maggie's a Horton by marriage and not by blood, it works.
0: But and see, that's the thing. It's like there's ways you can incorporate more Hortons and Bradys without making them blood. You could bring Frankie back. That would be good. Yes. Oh, a Frankie, Jack, and Katie McLean's Jennifer Triangle. Oh yes, you could bring back Max. You could bring back um who else?
1: Yeah, because I don't I don't think that are there any the both-
0: adopted Hortons? Um. <sighs> no Nathan wasn't adopted um we can bring Jeremy back um we could bring back
1: um yeah we could definitely we could definitely bring Jeremy back because what they did with Jeremy the first time we don't discuss uh, honestly
0: this might be a shock for you but it would be a good love interest for Gwen if we bring back Jeremy if we bring back Jeremy without him having the knowledge that she killed Laura and then he finds out that is story that is good story. Yeah. Um uh, we can bring back um Doug's son Douglas. He had has children or grandchildren now. Um there's ways we can Scotty. bring them. Oh, Scotty is a good one. Um yeah, Scotty's a great
1: one. Jessica, I'm sure Scott-
0: Jessica Blake, we can bring her back. We can have su- her having another child out of wedlock and we didn't know about it. Be amazing and and
1: have okay and like what if what if we
0: can what bring back Tommy and his little influx of people
1: like okay because Jessica is Nick's mom right Mm
0: -hmm.
1: okay so if Jessica had another kid then that person has a child that child comes to Salem and starts dating Ariana oh wait
0: they can't they're related yeah yeah that doesn't work I was about to say. That's a webbed feet situation. <laughs> Not a web feet situation. Look, I may be clone Michael, but this ain't the God in life. Anyway, <laughs> again, that brings back my point. Bring on more Hortons and Brady's because it's getting to the point now that without older characters in or newer characters in, we're pinpointing and seeing the missing holes in the family. Like, all this time, I've been asking, "Where's Hope? Where's Jennifer? Where's Kim? Where?" Because to me personally, I, I Roman is doing a good job being the Brady patriarch, but it's a hard time for me trying to buy Kayla as the Brady matriarch because she's very much Johnson now, if that makes sense. And I feel like Kim would be a great addition. I, I'm, I love Patsy, but if She doesn't want to come back. Julia Barr should be available. There's ways we can incorporate more Bradys and more Hortons. It's just don't be lazy about it. All these new characters we've gotten in the past few years, you could have brought back a few good Bradys and a few good Hortons. That's all my that's my little soapbox. And it's been bothering me for a few years, but it's like now it's really obvious with Hope and Jennifer missing
1: yeah um, yeah did pete and melissa have any kids
0: nathan, nathan. Y- y'all can say she didn't have that child with nathan but I, she didn't have that child with pete but i bet it's different but anyway i'm sorry that was uh, another little <laughs> soapbox because i i just didn't appreciate melissa coming back pregnant when you ain't seeing no kind of man but <laughs> <laughs> no kind oh my gosh
1: Um, what even was the original I was like what even is the original topic right
3: now yeah getting back around to the original scene to the to the scene to the Lonnie Eli scene I, I said it earlier but I'm gonna say it again Tamara just ain't getting dragged enough for me and like I feel bad I felt really bad for Lonnie because it's obvious that in her heart that's still her mom to her but she's in a lot of pain and she has a lot of anger and i feel like the reason paulina is catching so much of it isn't just because paulina's the one who's there but because paulina's the one who's safe it's it's a it's paulina's safe one for her to go off on
1: the disappointment is expected from paulina because it's happened before and no matter how pissed off or how disappointed she always got and Paulina, Paulina always came back.
3: And even with that, I I hope that we get to a point now that this has been revealed and Lonnie goes back through and she kind of has a different perspective on things. I, I want her to realize how much Tamara kind of interfered in that relationship and kept her from bonding with Paulina. Cause it the way that they've told these stories, it seems like a lot of Lonnie's disappointment was because Paulina was put in a place where she couldn't follow through for her.
0: Yeah. And, and I kind of that's why I've been saying I want Tamara to come back, mainly because I want Lonnie to tell her the least you could have did was let Paulina be an art to me. Right? Yeah. You wouldn't even let her be a part of my life. So this transition, because the truth was going to come out regardless, this transition would have been easier had you let me have that relationship with Paulina. But you and my grandmother at every turn made it seem like she was the bad guy in every situation. So how could I accept this news? How could I, when she's given me so many disappointments, the parish trip always coming in and out of my life to find find out that they had something to do with that. I not even like she letting her keep the presents that. that she gave her. Not, like her I, pony, I, I would feel away. I got, I got the pony. I got the yeah. Pony. I got the pony. But the other yeah, the <laughs> other stuff. Yeah, you could have let her keep at least one gift, something. But you wouldn't even let me have this relationship with this woman. And it, 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 it really, it would make me feel away. Not yeah. only did you oh. lie, but you didn't even let me get to have some kind of relationship with this woman. If we, she could have been the cool aunt and left it at that but no because like, you got so caught up in your lies i couldn't even have that so you right. really left me with nothing. and
3: like to me for me that that does not play
0: like they did that for Lonnie's benefit it was more of a punishment to paulina to be honest because yeah. it, it, it very much gives you laid in bed now you have to lie with the consequence like that's how it comes off to me it seems very shamey of pauline it comes off as you put her in the predicament of being in danger in the first place. Why would I let her around you? It it doesn't come off as the whole "we banded together as a family" type thing. It came off Paulina very said, selfish. Because even Paulina said,
3: I, submitted. "I didn't
0: make this choice. I submitted." And it
3: just yeah, it's not like I don't know if if that is the. I don't know if that's what they intend us to take away from it, but that's what I'm taking away from it. And it's giving
0: me, me feeling away. I'm not going to lie. It's showing the cracks in this family. And God knows I love Marla Gibbs, but I kind of hate they put her in the role of Olivia. And let me explain why. Because Marla Gibbs is up there in age. She can't be here for the entire fallout of this. She can't be here for the bat. Tamara isn't here either so it's really showing the cracks and this family dynamic but there's no family to play it off of it's gonna be so interesting
1: I'll... to see i do wonder
0: if we're gonna get
1: it in a way with lonnie and chanel down because I, I i feel a change in lonnie is coming
0: well i get that but at the same time it's like we've been saying the whole time during this show where's tamra tamra should be played in this Tamara should be getting cussed out Olivia should be getting cussed out. But when you have two actresses who are booked and busy or older, it is it, like, damn, we can't play. This. I really feel like a recast should be done for both parts, even though I really love Marla Gills as Olivia. It is just like they need to be played more. Because oh, yeah, you know I feel like something?
3: they need one or the other.
0: It, it, exactly. But who would you thing, recast as Tamar? Hmm. I know it's a stretch. We got Jackie Harry and
1: Marla Gibbs. Stretch does not exist, so go for
0: it. Well, it's a stretch, man, because this actress is booked and busy, and you can never pay up on a date for her, but I would not mind Debbie Morgan as Tamara.
3: She was my choice, too. Oh, I like her. Like, my dream cast for Tamara would be Lynn Whitfield, but I don't think it would ever. Oh, yes. <laughs> that would Because Lynn Whitfield was the mama and the Cheetah Girls, right? Yeah, and uh, Lady Greenleaf. I would. Oh, she plays bougie so well. I was, yeah. Tamra is definitely needed.
1: Yeah, but I I am now part of the Lonnie Price defense squad, and I've always loved Lonnie. But you know how you have different levels of love for different characters. Like there's characters you always love and enjoy, but there are very few characters you will literally
0: fight for. Well, I have two more wish for cast for Tamra, both of them are long shots. And I feel like only Dylan would know who I'm talking about. But one is Stephanie Mills. Oh. And the other, this is real, real long shot, real long, Karen Clark Sheard. Those would be good, though, both of those. Would be good. But is our money long like that?
3: I don't That's what I'm saying. Look, I'm we over got, here asking for Lynn
0: Whitfield, so. Listen,
1: we got Jackie, <laughs> we got Barla. Do you honestly think they didn't cost a pretty penny?
0: Because Karen Clark Sheard is like Nicki Minaj. I ain't coming out for less than $100,000. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, I, I would like to see. But again, that brings back our point. Especially with
3: Tamara being a singer.
0: Exactly. That's why I'm like, we have to cast someone who can sing because we ain't finna pull that Cassie but with Eve mess. But Cassie could sing and they still pulled it. Never made any sense to me.
3: Ever. Mm-hmm. Ever. That was wild.
0: Yeah, that was a choice by everyone. But then again, I didn't want to see Eve singing one like Talia mm-hmm. either, so. Hey, um, but yeah, again, I know I keep bringing this up, but it's very crucial for me right now because I'm enjoying the hell out of this story. But I here's a good example. The Neil, Malcolm, Drusilla, and Olivia things on YR mm. would not be as good without having Drew and Olivia's parents on site for that long time.
3: Yeah, when well, they brought and Lily, Lily Bell yeah. in.
0: And yeah. and Mamie, if you didn't have them, those stories wouldn't have hit as hard as they did. So we need our Black elders in this as well. Hell, still that lady over on, well, nah, she, they, I heard they paying her good because she finna own Charlies now. But <laughs> But you could have stole her off. Uh, anybody it's plenty of over like over 60 70 black actresses that will want to work daphne maxwell reed
3: yeah they they their presence is definitely needed because the absence is felt and i feel like i and i feel like that's part of why people are getting As much as we know that Paulina was wrong, I think that's where so much of the protective vibe for her comes in, because she's the only one catching hell. Like, Big Mama got to go to Thanksgiving dinner.
0: that big-ass hat.
3: (laughs) You know? Like, it's just... I still wish we had seen that Thanksgiving dinner. It just doesn't feel fair.
0: Well, let's move on to the wider side of Salem. (laughs) Brady is having a hard time and is tempted to drink so he can calm down. They talk about what Kristen did and his feelings for Chloe and how he can sometimes provoke Philip because he just doesn't believe Chloe and Philip are right for each other. Saying, and he can't give up on Chloe just yet.
1: I loved these scenes and they were excellent setup for what's coming later.
0: Uh, what is that club that they keep going to? Because it looks I don't like know. Is that the new set?
1: Like, yeah, that's the new set that premiered. Um. With the alley trip, Chanel Johnny double date, but I have no idea what the the name of it is.
0: Okay, so it doesn't have a name. It gives off a strip club vibe. It's Um, like a baby blue note. mm, Yeah, yeah. Well, I would like, I would like Maggie to buy it.
3: Yes, personally. Give
0: us shea rouge again. Give something for Maggie to do because if we have everyone meeting her at the Kiriakis mansion again, it's gonna come off. Fucking room. That dark-ass room.
3: That tiny dark, room. Dark, <laughs> dark, tiny, ugly fucking room. <laughs> it, it, like it's drag dragging the mansion.
0: It's going to come off to that place of you feel like Maggie is Kiriakis' matriarch again. Give her a neutral place for people to come to her. Just like they gave Caroline the pub. Alice Horton had the Horton Center for a minute. Hell, Alice Horton had her own restaurant for a minute. I'll yep. be trying to play on her face. But um, like, make Shea Rouge again. Plus, I, I, I just want to see more people doing things than going to the pub. I, I miss the penthouse grill era. But you know, I just yeah. want different things. If you're going to give us new sets, at least give us ties to them. Because I don't want it to end up like TBD and Julie's Place where we just really don't care. Because I like the set, it's a cool set. It, it's very nice and pleasing to the eye. And I could see everyone meeting there for dinner or drinks, but give it a tie. This is a very good set that you can keep for a few years. It's a decent size and it's very modern. Make it, give it a tie. Make it Maggie's.
1: But I will say um, my favorite part of this scene, like, cause this was the scene where Brady told Maggie about Marlena's possession and her reaction was, oh, oh no. <laughs>
0: because uh, people forget Maggie was there Maggie yep. was there
1: yeah like she legit looked terrified as she should yeah for a second I, it was but I really enjoyed the way they're using Maggie I love that Brady called Maggie in this moment and I love that like even he knew that Marlena's advice was weird and like How- he said it he said it to her to Maggie and Maggie's like wait Dr. Marlena Evans. My her Evans? eyebrows.
0: <laughs> but see, I wish they would play back on how close Maggie and Marlena used to be back in the day. I, I really wish they would just end up the scene abruptly and have Maggie rushing to go see John at the hospital or something. But it, it was good. I mean, I'm not complaining. It's just little things that little things. would have made the scene better.
1: But at this point, if we're nitpicking, that means it's that good that we're you know,
0: yeah. Yeah, we're nitpicking to add a few more things, not take things away. And it's not a bad nitpicking. It's a, okay, mm-hmm. we're playing on this history. Let's play with it some more, shall we? Like, I,
2: again, I was, Maggie's
0: yeah. reaction, it said a lot more for me than meets the eye because, again, I remember Maggie was there. I remember yep. that Maggie and Mylena were good friends. So her reaction was perfect. I just wish there was more.
1: More i it. know
0: how we i know how we say don't tell us show us but sometimes a little bit more tail does great as well there has to be perfect balance
3: i also liked in these scenes i liked them having brady have some self-awareness yeah like, I, I liked him acknowledging that yeah he's been an immature dick to and about philip because he really has he wasn't
1: about to hold, like he wasn't about to admit it, but Maggie kind of pushed him. Cause he's like, no, I don't. And then Maggie's like, are you sure about that?
3: Yeah. And he's like, okay, maybe I do, but here's why. Cause and- I know like a lot of, a lot of people have felt like Brady has, hasn't really been his best self in this either. And that's kind of been brushed aside. Because Philip's been so over the top with everything. But, it but I think it's gonna
1: come back around now.
3: Yeah, with with
1: what's coming because the fact that Brady provoked Philip as is the narrative in this given moment um, is gonna come back around when Philip goes missing because a lot of people are gonna blame him. Yeah. So it was excellent foreshadowing for what's coming. Which I really enjoyed. And I just, as much as I hate what's happening with Philip, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and I'm mm. hoping that there is an outcome down the line, they are setting up the Brady side of it very well. Yeah, they are.
0: Well, let's move on to the other side, shall we? Fe- meanwhile, Philip Ariette isn't here, so I can freeform this. Philip is acting crazier than official Titties. He convinced that bro is convinced that Bro is having an affair, and he tries to get her to admit it, but she doesn't. She does, however, confront him about not telling her that he got fired, and she goes with him to get him dinner to cheer him up while he's in his little funk. While she's gone, Philip overhears Maggie and tells Victor that Brady thinks he and Chloe have a chance. Y'all, Philip's cheese has officially fell off the cracker. It's, it's
3: gone. Yeah, it's gone
0: it's
1: it's literally to the point um somebody i think soap central mentioned this in their column for days that they're wondering if the devil is pulling strings and making philip completely lose his mind long distance at this point i'm not ruling it out
0: well do you know who he reminds me of this him. is for all my children stance adam chandler
1: actually i think he's crazier than adam
0: Ooh, wow! like once he gets an idea in his head that something is going to happen or going on he literally loses his mind to get revenge or stop it from happening
3: because adam was sociopathically calm through yeah adam was always in control
1: that was always like sociopathically so and i don't care if i'm gonna get dragged for that it's the truth um but philip is completely losing it it's giving me Tony, when he was framing John,
0: I thought of that the other day. But he didn't really kill himself, if that makes sense. But, but,
1: but at the time, we 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 didn't know he didn't kill himself until seven years later. At the time that that story took place, he straight up killed himself. Now he he knew he was dying, and he wanted to die on his own terms. So we had more motivation as to why Tony was doing it than we have with Philip now. But the the way he's acting is very similar, and Tony was never the same after the devil mind fucked him. The devil made Tony see John and Kristen together and try to get John to ki- get Tony to kill John during the possession. And Tony fought it and didn't do it. But the idea that John needed to die and the idea that he was going to lose Kristen if John didn't disappear from the equation, did not disappear. And right after that, he went completely insane because you had him attempt to kill John during the magic trick, which did not work. And then he decided once he found out that he was dying, he would kill himself, frame John for his murder, and then John would end up dead. And this is giving me very similar vibes to that. And this could be the fan in me not wanting Philip to be completely ruined because if it is Philip doing this and it is not the devil, I
0: have major issues with it. Well, my opinion is they need to go ahead and send him to Shady Pines. Baby. Whatever it's called.
3: <laughs> but yeah, like um, can, like just to back up a minute, I know it's terrible. I, I know it is. But when Victor called Chloe a caterwauling streetwalker.
0: No. I, no, no I, that, that's what he said.
3: No, I died.
0: I died. So the, the, part that got me was when Philip said, oh, so you're going to go and bow and be the horde that my father always said you was. I said, ooh. the <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I had to pause the TV. I'm like, "Oh, wait a minute.
2: <laughs> and
0: it was, I, I, like. That shook me. Maggie
3: kind of reading Victor and letting him know, you know what? Had you not interfered, we may not be here right now.
0: this is the first time in 11 years I've ever bought Victor and Maggie
3: is Victor gonna
1: feel that when everything comes out about Philip and what's about to happen but I gotta Mm -hmm. say though like this even this is a very fast plan even for Philip yeah because at this point he's he's spiraling out of control he overhears victor and maggie and then he goes to knock brady out which i I know i'm I'm going into the last thing here but and then he takes brady he's brady's presumably in the trunk of his car and then he takes brady's watch and plants it at the tree and tries to frame brady for the tree ripping like and then he is going to basically douse Brady in booze, douse Brady in his own blood, disappear himself, and frame Brady for it, leaving his phone behind in Brady's pocket for everyone to find. Like, this is all coming off as a very last-minute plan. How is it this good?
0: I mean, Kristen was knocking bitches out and putting on face masks and and got away with it for a few months.
3: I think, like, my problem from like from my perspective with this whole thing is like i get that philip's in a dark place and like just following the narrative that we've gotten on screen i completely understand how we've ended up here i just wish that if this were the tale that they were going to tell that they had centered it more on philip as a character and less on philip as an obstacle to Brady and Chloe.
1: Because this was not needed so if this does not turn into one
3: giant the devil made me
1: do it I am going to rage on this podcast endlessly I'm going to give it a little bit of grace and a little bit of time before I jump on that bandwagon but if at the end of the devil possession we find out that the devil had no part in this and this was all Philip's brainchild my wrath will be never-ending.
3: I mean like I, I I, would accept it being the devil because as a, as a Philip fan I want better for him, but just like backing just just tracking through the narrative arc that we've gotten on the screen for Philip I, I don't have a lot of hope that it is the devil like I'll happily be wrong. I will happily be wrong but I just think that that's
1: because this feels like a giant leap even with the narrative that we've gotten on screen and the fact that like Gabe mentioned that the river was desecrated and like this is all taking place by the riverbank like I don't know and also knowing that Ken and Albert both said in a Days App interview that
3: nothing is as it seems like yeah like I'll roll with it if it is like I will happily roll with it if it is but I can see the case for it not being that
1: yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm kind of intrigued uh, where the story goes and spoilers indicate, or at least I think spoilers indicate that one of my biggest sticking points with this issue which is him doing this to Kate is going to be resolved rather quickly because it looks like on the 17th, Kate is going to make a startling discovery and I would bet money that discovery is yes, her son is alive.
3: That is going to be interesting to see what she does with that because her and Roman just got- Back together. yeah.
1: Though Roman doesn't really have a horse in this race either way. Like, he likes Brady, but, like, I don't think it's going to be a relationship ender if Kate, you know what I'm saying? I
3: am mean, kind of letting Marlena's son do time for something he didn't do would be a hard sell for him, I think. Are, I know, I are guess y'all ready saying?
0: to move on? Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, while getting food, Chloe runs into Brady at the pub, and they talk for a bit, and then she leaves. He gets a call from Tate and gets knocked out by Philip just after he hangs up. The dead has arisen. They didn't remember Tate alive. <laughs> I love that little boy. See, I like the kids. That's Ken's grandbaby.
1: You just have, you have to be you have to enjoy somebody connected to that child in order to enjoy said child.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and. Honestly, Chabby's Little Bastards was grandfathered in before I had that recollection. So that love would never be there. I'm sorry, but it won't. Fuck them kids. But, <laughs> but <laughs> um, um Philip, again, yeah, Philip has went total Joan Crawford. He's lost. That him.
3: I cracked up at that ending scene of him standing over Brady with the crowbar. I was like, really? <laughs> no, I I lost it at,
1: uh, on the Friday scene when he when he was like, if I can't have Chloe, you can't have more, whatever the fuck he said.
0: Nobody can have her.
1: I, like, I can't have her happening? either. I was like, what is happening? And please, for the love of all those,
3: holy, stop flashing back to the Hulk scene. Please, God. It, it was a lie. <sighs> there was a lot happening there. But like- again,
1: is he following Brady? Because like, he didn't know Brady was going to be there.
0: Uh, was he
3: following Chloe? But I,
0: I think he was following Chloe, which makes me think, was he planning on trying to kill Chloe and Brady got in the way and he was like, well, I like this plan better.
1: Like, this feels like Philip is flying by the seat of his pants and everything is working out way too well. So it... it because it doesn't
3: it doesn't feel like any of the ideas that Philip is having are his it does that make sense no they feel impulsive like as well as things are coming together none of this feels very well thought out right which makes me think I wonder
1: if like the because like the devil always had this thing during the original possession that they could sense things and they could know what's happening even if they weren't in that same location So I'm wondering, and we know that the devil is so much stronger now, I'm wondering if the devil's able to kind of keep track of the situation and is like sending thoughts of inspiration to Philip. So Philip may think this is all his idea, but in actuality, it's the devil pulling all of these strings. And that's why it's working as well as it's working because the devil's pulling strings behind the scenes.
3: I I could buy that. Because at this
1: point, for this to be Philip, too many, it's coming together too well.
3: I think it's that's the thing that I feel like it's coming I feel like because it's not very well I feel like it's a very impulsive plan and because it's a very impulsive plan I feel like when it starts to unravel it will unravel very quickly.
1: Yeah I'm very interested to see how this all goes because I I'm not thrilled but I'm I, the more I think about it the more I'm thinking the devil is got his hands all over this because like the way they've written Philip to to hold L after L after L for the last few months it does not track for Philip's plan to be going this well if it's this impulsive
3: and that's why I said I, I wish the, that they had focused on more this being Philip as a character being brought to a low point he's you know he's in a place where he's realizing that no matter what he does he won't have his father's respect he's lost his job he's his relationship is shaky he's isolated like there was a way that they could have told this tale that was centered on Philip and about Philip and made it make a little bit of sense for him to be in such a dark, desperate place. Like he, he's about to lose his freedom, possibly. But instead they just kind of made it about him being in the way of Brady and Chloe's happily ever after. And I think that's where they messed up.
0: Yeah. Well, I, that's all I, send that man to Shady Pines. That's all I can really say. Cause that man has lost it. I don't even think Victor has ever gone this hard.
1: Um. Yeah, he has.
0: Oh, yeah, the <laughs> elevator.
3: Yeah, mm, I was going to... Like...
0: <laughs> yeah, Philip got it honest. Well, let's move on. Chloe comes back to the mansion and Philip is gone, claiming he had a present for her. He wants to take her to the tree so they can ditch dinner and head there. When they get there, she sees it's been ripped out. of Philip, Ripped out. And Philip finds brady's watch and tries to claim he did it chloe doesn't believe in this ought to prove it when she leaves philip completely loses it and pulls out a pocket knife so what that tells me is the original plan was to frame brady for the tree and when chloe didn't believe that he lost it even more and it was like no let's just go franken for murder
3: yeah i feel like chloe not believing philip probably pushed him
1: over the edge yeah
3: Because her first
1: instinct was like, no, I'm going to go prove it. And she went off to the
3: hospital. And he pushed so hard for her to believe that it was Brady. I feel like at some point.
0: For a solid six minutes. (laughs) I know because I fast forwarded the first time. A solid six minutes.
3: I feel like at some point she's going to flash back to this moment and realize.
1: Yeah. Because been trying to figure out how this is all going to change because we knew that chloe was going to be torn in terms of whether or not she believed brady which given all the evidence that is against him when she finds him makes complete sense i was trying to figure out what was going to be the moment that snapped her out of it and i had originally thought it was going to be her going to the tree to be closer to philip seeing if the tree was gone and flashing back to philip's hesitancy to want to go there i didn't see him taking her to the tree and framing brady coming
0: like he just he he was just off I don't have much to say on this story period mainly because I'm looking forward to see how it unfolds I feel like we're just at the beginning of this roller coaster actually
1: yeah Yeah. and next week is going to be I think this story is going to be heavily featured four out of five days
0: next week like we don't don't we're getting Kate and Roman Monday
1: we're getting Kate and Roman Monday and Tuesday Oh, oh yes,
0: we won't because
1: we get we get Kate and Roman on their own Monday. Then we see them with Rex on Tuesday.
0: I guess we can finally play that angle that Rex and Kate share children.
1: <laughs> you mean Roman and Kate?
0: Yeah, in that is Kate, Roman and Kate. Thank you for that, Tony.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. But yeah, because uh,
0: it doesn't situation
1: because it doesn't look like the possession is playing much at all next week. It looks like it's all going to be focused on this. And then a little bit with like Xander trying to figure out what's going on with Sarah. But unless there's surprise possession stuff, there are no possession related spoilers next week at all.
0: That's going to be weird. Just having a week of no possession. But But, I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah. With this story being what's heavily featured through all of next week, I'm very excited. This plus Sammy's escape and every like, there's so much coming next week I'm excited for.
0: Well, we're on to the last of the portion before we hit our segments. Chloe goes to the hospital to find Brady to no avail. John is also worried when he can't reach Brady. Chloe goes back to where the tree was and finds Brady knocked out, bloodied, and the knife that was in Philip's hand is on the ground next to him. It's a knife. This,
3: this was such a great cliffhanger. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna... I actually kind of regret a little bit having the spoilers and knowing that it was coming because i feel like if you saw this without any prior knowledge it was a real gasp out loud moment because like if you're watching spoiler free you don't know what's happening right now
0: that's kind of where i am because i i don't really pay attention to the spoilers tony sends them in the group message and i read them but i forget So yeah, they'll be better off giving me like GH spoilers. Yeah, but GH spoilers don't tell you shit, so you might as well not get them at all. Brady gets a call from Tate.
3: Honestly, that would have been the spoiler.
0: Chloe picks up dinner for Philip.
3: <laughs> but uh,
0: and, and I would be good with that because I don't remember all the juicy bits that they give us.
1: But I'm I'm. I'm cautiously optimistic and very, very curious. Like I said this on Twitter, I'm excited for where what this is going to be for Brady and Chloe because Eric Marstoff is about to slay some epic material and I'm so excited for him. But I really hate the path that Philip went down to have to get us here, which is why I'm hoping for any out that they will give me.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, overall, this has been a pretty fun week, you guys. I- I'm really looking forward to watching this week. How about y'all? Yeah. I can't wait.
3: I'm excited. Same.
0: Well, we're going to move on to the segments portion. And I have a new segment unveiling for today. Oh, okay. Ooh. Yeah. I'm trying to cut the song lyrics out of the podcast because we ain't trying to get so... But... <laughs> um, <laughs> So I am going to be giving a special song shout out at the very end of each podcast during our segments portion. Welcome to the Mavericks Brown Liquor Joint of the Week. Ah, uh, okay. yes, this is fun. So this song I really picked out because this has been Phillip's mood the whole time. This week's song is by Faith Evans and it's called You Used to Love Me. Because Chloe just doesn't seem to appreciate the time that Philip has put into this love affair. So yeah. that is the song of the week. I will be posting the song onto the Twitter account for Subject Salem. So pull up your cabassier and light whatever you want to light and vibe. And now, we didn't talk about this, y'all, so this is complete news to the other co-host. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay. we to be talking be- with it. <laughs> Listen, I'm just trying not get us sued. We already got Christian Alfonso on our back. <laughs> Anyways, and now it is time for my favorite portion of this podcast. Welcome to the Marriage Reading Rainbow. Now, he didn't do anything this week, but his action this week has led me to give this read of the week to him. Chad Damara. Huh? I do it. Put your ass down. Sit your ass down. But instead what of me giving to- you,
1: all he had to do was breathe, but also he's an idiot this week. So go
0: on. I don't even have an official read for you this week. I'm just going to list off a few words that came to mind when you left your phone on that table. Mm-mm. Unintelligent. <laughs> ignorant. Dense. Brainless. Foolish. dull witted doltish, Chuckle-headed. Opaque. Simple. Slow. credulous imbecilic, moronic, (laughs) cockeyed, asinine, (laughs) dafty, unwise, ninny, nincompoop, an idiot, a fool, doesn't have the sense God gave a goat, and last but not least, zing wild look at him now, Zuckerman's famous dumbass. (laughs) And that is my read of the week. That might be my favorite read you've ever done,
1: Jesus.
0: I'm a rock here, stand. I keep a thesaurus near me. <laughs> um, oh my god! Well, you're he watching don't, it. You we didn't want
3: him. He gon' he got get it together one one year. He gon' he gon' realize. We've been waiting
0: for ten, D- Dylan, <laughs> come on! <laughs> like, he' dumb, it, it, and it's okay. He got money. He got an excuse to be dumb. Mm, Over oh, here, trying to keep help alive.
1: Nah, he 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 did not have custody. Not to even both can keep
0: that hope alive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Are we doing good, bad, good. and ugly, or watching it wrong next?
0: Let's do watching it wrong. Zuckerman's fam- famous dumbass. That is the title of this podcast. Okay, but anyways, good, bad, and ugly. Tony,
1: uh, my good is honestly just about everything this week. Uh, because it was honestly a very enjoyable show day to day like all of the storylines meshed together really well even the stories that are like B story non-possession story like everything really flowed and it worked and it just it had a good vibe this week so my good honestly overall is everything um my bad was letting us know in dialogue that Theo left town and not even giving us like a final goodbye. Like, the
0: fuck? The least Kim she could have done... Brady. Kim they Brady did. at least Kim. got a goodbye. No, no she didn't. She didn't? No she didn't. Not when she returned in 1996 for Hope's wedding. They went on to the next day and we didn't even know Maria Kim had left. Oh, I thought we did. Okay, well then well, We heard through dialogue, but we didn't see a goodbye. Her, Melissa and Kim. Kim just Up and left, they were gone.
1: I hate when Dave does that. And my ugly, I'm gonna keep saying it because it's gonna keep it's just going to be the truth. Um, the new Kyriakis mansion, I fucking hate it. It is tiny, it is dark, it is ugly, like it literally looks like every estate sale all at once and just Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) It is just so bad like i don't understand why it is so ugly like i understand you needed to shrink the set in order to make room for the remastered demara mansion okay great there is zero reason why you had to throw every shade of ugly into the room all at once you could have very easily <laughs> downsized it and kept the blue color palette that was in there originally it was not broken you did not need to fix
3: it well damn
0: let's just let's just keep going.
3: (laughs) okay um my good were both the um ablonny scenes i thought that they were wonderful i thought that sal did really great work this week and james reynolds was just my mvp he was so good and all of his scenes this week with everyone. And he showed once again, that when you give him the material, he will show up and show out. And I also really enjoyed Dan's work as EJ. And I like how he's adding layers to the character and giving gravity to his performance by showing a softer side of EJ when he's with Susan and when he's with Nicole. I appreciated that. And I really enjoyed that a lot. Um, My bad. I guess this kind of goes in with your read of the week um i i need chad to realize that he can love his sister but he absolutely cannot trust her i i i I believe that baby boy gonna get there one day
0: no but
3: today was not that day
0: Mm -mm. you have a lot of hope for chad (laughs) damara and i've been waiting for 10 years to finally get what everybody saw but nope (laughs) nothing
2: leave chat alone for
0: 10 years i've waited for cameron davis to come back because i i, I just <laughs> didn't get it i didn't get it i didn't understand i still don't
3: oh my gosh um and my ugly my ugly is just honestly it's just uh, from a personal standpoint as a philip fan i'm not enjoying his story it's not fun for me to watch i'm I'm interested in seeing how it unfolds and where it goes it's just not a great time watching it as someone who likes Philip and cares about Philip so that was my good bad and ugly
0: well my good bad and ugly it's hard trying to pick good it's mainly because this was a really good week y'all um one would have to be the nod to the tell of two romans one of the- the greatest stories that they've ever told that had repercussions that last well until today. Uh, Like it even had repercussions for Roman and Kate, if we're being honest, because back in the day, in 2003, one of Kate's biggest insecurities was that she could never hold up to Marlena in Roman's eyes. And like, it's just very pleasing that they still use that because again, we don't see that much in soaps anymore where things have long lasting repercussions. I mean, hell, Sonny was missing for nine months. And the only thing that really is spanning from that is Sonny and Nina. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, I, that was good. And my other one is James Reynolds. Yes. He yeah. is acting the roof off that fucker. And I love it, especially when Paulina brought up Lexi. And oh. Abe did that turn around, and she yes. was like, then don't. And for every woman who has dated a Black man, married a Black man, dealt with a Black man, he gave that look that is universal for Black men. I ain't a killer, but don't push me. <laughs> OK, and, uh, l- Listen, he turned around like, don't you bring up my wife. She may be gone. She may have been gone for, a while. but that's my wife, and I fight for my wife. He wouldn't have hit Paulina, but he looked damn sure angry enough to do it. And that's not a side we see from Abe much anymore. And I'm just really enjoying it. He better have an Emmy nomination by the end of this.
3: Please, uh, God. He is, he is doing the
0: thing. My bad. <sighs> I have to think on this one because I kind of forgot it as I was talking about transforms. <laughs> um, I don't really have a bad, um, but my ugly Philip Kyriakis. This whole diary of a mad white man thing they got going <laughs> on. There. No. no that now, that's she, that the she, podcast she, title. I was gonna say that's the yeah. podcast title. <laughs> that that isn't vibing with me. I remember my bad now. That just wasn't vibing with me. It was just oh, It's bad. They need to go ahead and send him to Shady Brook, whatever the hell that place called, because it's just not. Ugh. They made him the Stefano of the story, and that takes a lot. But my bad is the Kiriakis mansion, and huh? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna drag it like Tony just dragged it. <laughs> but I need that I need them to light some candles, put some fluorescent lamps in there or something because it's so dark in their house. I no,
1: thought, that p- putting more light in there will only highlight the ugly.
0: T- it's better than thinking Victor then pay the light bill. I pay the
1: Look. light bill. <laughs> I'll be honest, I would rather this is just my own personal preference talking, but like if I have to be in an ugly set, at least don't. Constantly remind me that it's ugly. Let it be
0: dark so I can pretend that it's pretty. It, it was so dark because I was watching that segment on my phone and I just got this phone and it, like half the screen went dark. And I was pissed because I was like, I literally just got this fucking phone and the screen is about to go out. No, it's just dark as hell at the Kiri Rockets Mansion. They need to fix it, get some candles, some mood lighting, something because this isn't working. And that is my good, bad, and ugly. You're watching it wrong, Tony.
1: All right. My watching it wrong is more of a general consensus that was inspired by a conversation I had earlier this week. Um, Multiple things can be true at one time. And I need so- I've been telling y'all that for months. I need soap fans to recognize this. Yes, I am a fan of Brady and Chloe. Yes, I am excited at the potential angst that this story has for them. That does not mean, however, that I am also not allowed to be unhappy at the road we took to get here. Because, as I have stated many times on my timeline and here on this podcast, I am a fan of Philip, Brady, and Chloe as individual characters. I am a fan of both pairings. The writing over the last year has made me shift more towards the Broe camp than I was originally. That does not negate my love for Philip. And my frustration at the fact that he is being utterly decimated at this point in order to make this story happen—it was not necessary—and I'm allowed to voice that frustration. And me being a Browie fan does not mean I am not entitled to feel that way.
2: Yeah,
3: no, or I just,
1: get you because
3: I'm yeah. like same.
0: Uh, I never cared for Philip, so.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing for for a lot of people is that it wasn't necessary because.
0: Now, I will and Brady already
3: had angst.
0: I really agree with that. Like, Philip wasn't needed in this at all to be the angst for Brady and Chloe. They really threw him under the bus. But at the same time, it's like, you can't really say they threw him under the bus because a lot of this is in character. The build-up to this was in character for everyone involved. It's not saying mad- they were right or wrong.
1: It's just magnified yeah. to the nth degree. I will say... Philip was needed in this in the fact that that's what got Brady shot but beyond that like once they wrapped up getting Philip out of the AMS he really wasn't needed beyond that
0: Oh, Dylan what is your you're watching it wrong
3: my watching it wrong was a um oh I'm sorry about that (laughs) my watching it wrong was a tweet um that I came across and the tweet went as followed Lonnie what the hell is wrong with you Abe can still be your father. You're mad that Paulina and Tamara tried to keep an abusive ass away from you. Get
0: over yourself.
3: Oh fuck!
0: But but they lied. (laughs) They they still lied.
3: That's a take. That's
0: not. That's not the point. She's mad at. Like
3: it was a take.
0: Okay. Like if they would have just left that person's
3: take completely
1: ignores what actually aired yeah she says, that- i understand in my head why they did what they did my heart cannot reconcile how that makes me feel
0: it's not even that it's just a simple fact that they brought abe into it and made her fall in love with abe but well, it didn't have to be that way that's why she's pissed it didn't have to be this way and at it's all. been
1: like what three days yeah in sailing time it's been three days since she found out not even she's allowed to process this like, However, the fuck she wants to, and people need to get over it. To be honest, like it
3: that it was such just a weird take for me, because it's like Lonnie's had her entire world upside down. She was lied to her entire life, and unnecessarily lied to. If we're really gonna call a thing a thing, and then to compound those lies she was put in a position of creating bonds and relationships with people under false pretenses because it wasn't just Abe. It was Abe. It was Theo. It was Brandon.
0: They didn't mention Brandon. That was another thing that kind of pissed me off. You know, but... <laughs> well,
1: that, that didn't really piss me off because she doesn't really know Brandon that well. Brandon's never been in
3: town for a No, long but they've she... talked. We know that they've talked because she was you know the one informing it when Abe was shot so.
0: that was again to me that was one of those scenes where Dylan was like off screen yeah probably more entertaining because I'm sure <laughs> yeah. they've met more times than we've seen well right. we've never seen it but I'm sure they've met I'm sure they talked I'm sure they had conversations
3: so it's like, L- Lonnie is coming to terms with her father not being her biological father, her brothers not being her biological brothers, her mother's her mother being her auntie and her auntie being her mother. And you want her to be over herself in three days, like
1: get the fuck over yourself.
3: Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. But that makes zero logical sense. So like that. Yeah, no, you're watching it wrong, sweetie.
0: Well, I actually have one this week, and it's not really days related, but it is It kind of cover all soaps. During the whole Steve Burden mess, a lot of the J Sound fans have kind of thrown all the shows into the mix. And here's my—I have two. You're watching it wrong, actually. One, don't bring that white man over here. Oh, so good.
1: you're
0: watching it wrong. This week was mine. Last week, I love it. We're we're, we're so good. I swear we're good. We're good. We're, we're beyond good. We're great. We're so good. Keep, keep him wherever he is. Take him on back to Nashville. My second one has to do with the tweet that was sent in the group message, and I don't have it in front of me, so I can't read it verbatim, but it went along the lines of j fans are the only fans that get treated like this. You don't see couples like Jarlena, Sin, Nictor, and Bridge being treated like this. And I just want to say, shut the fuck up. Please shut the fuck up. Because you wasn't outside in them streets being a Bridge fan. When Brooke gave her to that Taylor Hayes, all ah, because of Phoebe, you wasn't outside. When Victor told Nikki to her face, he wished that it was her instead of Sabrina Constellation who died. <laughs> Y'all wasn't outside when we waited two damn years for Marlena to read that letter from John. And then we had to wait another year for them actually to get together. Just say you are not a soap fan, you are a couple fan, and that you don't have the time or the patience for anyone else. Leave it at that and stop spreading lies, because that really pisses me off. It really does, because y'all don't understand the torment I went through with each of those couples, and that is my watching it wrong. Points were made ballot points for me. They they weren't outside. They don't understand. They don't understand how it was when we saw Caroline die and we all thought that Brooke was going to get bridge They don't understand. They don't get it. They didn't watch the whole show. they only been watching, what, since the 2000s. That's it. They don't get it. So stop speaking of things you don't get. And that I'm sorry, that's just that really struck a nerve with me because quite honestly, you kind of slapped every fandom in in the face, because we all have our trials and tribulations. Hell, even Jack and Jennifer. I ain't forgot what them hillbillies followed them from their honeymoon.
2: Uh, yo,
1: God, I hated that so much.
0: Oh man, Hawk. why this
1: day? Fuck him and Desiree
3: too. Go yes. die. <laughs> Ooh, he brought it fuck
0: back. Him. Tad and fuck Dixie that. fans had Palmer, Opal, and fake deaths. We all have our cross to bear. Just because you're mad don't mean make up lies and illusions that no couple ever has to go through these things. No couple stays together in soaps for over a year or two unless you're old. All the heavy hitters, Reva and Shane, Monica and Alan. Reva and Josh. Reva is
3: Reva Shane. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of the sign, but you know what I mean.
3: I think part of the problem is like, I think people need to have kind of a come to Jesus moment with the phrase end game your couple will not be end game until your show is over
0: or one of them dies
3: because like as long as the show is still going on there is always the potential for your couple to not be together circumstances things happen
0: hell julie and Doug, victor and mick not victor and mickey maggie and mickey they all had their breakups and affairs and such. So where did you pull that laugh on? <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it,
3: things happen. Things happen. And every fandom, every ship has had their crosses to bear. Like, and some I, all at once. Uh, me sitting over here. I, and like, to, to, to say that from a general hospital fan, I am sitting over here in the smoking ashes, the remnants of Liz and Lucky, and you had the audacity to say
2: that.
0: Oh boy. No. I I don't know struggle. I was a Laura and Jack fan.
1: Yeah, you you threw yourself on the struggle bus with that one, sir.
0: I I stand Tad and Brooke. Like, I I know what it is to come up short. Nobody knows the troubles I've seen. <laughs> so for you to try to speak up on that kind of pissed me off. Well, you haven't had a good
1: watching it wrong in a minute. So it was time.
0: But that's the end of our show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Keep doing it like it's your birthday. And remember, save a horse, ride the Maverick. And don't forget to send your letters to Shady Pies for Nick because you know he done broke his hip child. And also,
1: Bye. before we hang up, before we hang up i'm gonna get the last word here speaking of birthdays it was our co-host dylan's birthday this week happy birthday dylan happy
0: birthday thank
2: you
0: that's the end of that let's hope my devil don't get you into next week bye (laughs)
1: bye guys Bye, everybody